tuxedos. Yes! yes. <laughs> Lord have mercy. The tuxedo first came to America in 1886. It's named for Tuxedo Park, a historical enclave in upstate New York for the rich and socially elite. As times have changed, so has the tuxedo. Mm -hmm. Ta-da! Genius, amazing, ridiculous. So this was something I did for Billy Porter. It was the first man to ever wear a gown at the Oscars. We kept it so elegant, classic, but modernized it. You know, a new take on the tuxedo. Hello, all you lovely listeners. Welcome to The Workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway, where up is down, what's old is new, and where one day you're in, and then the next day, you're in. I'm Ernest. And I'm Patricia. <laughs> Yay, Patricia's back. Thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. Thank you for um, having me. You're welcome. And uh, I mean, as always, yeah, no, it's great having you on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so, and, and listeners, I would like to remind you all, um, first of all, thank you for listening to us. And if you have any questions or, of course, send your gossip and um, whatever other things you want to say, your rants are wonderful. Send that to our Gmail account. And that's in the workroom at gmail.com. I in the workroom at Gmail. And also we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the workroom where um, that's where I dropped the cheat sheet. But we also have a really wonderful community there. People leaving comments on every episode. And then you can also find us on um, Instagram at the workroom podcast and um, uh, uh, I'm going to remind everyone again, um, we are gathering all your letters or your questions for a special episode where we will um, be able to answer them all together. So um, it'll be the three of us. It'll be Nalen, Patricia, and myself, and uh, it'll be fun. All right. Um, Patricia, since you were not with me on the last episode... Um, before we go on to this week's episode, I'm going to give you a chance to check in. If you have anything, any, any thoughts about the, the, the sheer drama of last week? <laughs> the sheer drama of sheer. I, I do. I think that this was a really frustrating episode to watch because for many reasons, um, mm -hmm. one of them being Victoria and the other one being Victoria plus sheerness. And, <laughs> Um, I actually think, by the way, I, 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 I agree with you and with Nayland that I think there's a lot of psychological manipulation going on, <laughs> or maybe it's not like super deliberate, but maybe it's just like, you know, the brat's contentment of like, I need to feel like people owe me psychologically when I don't get my way kind mm -hmm. of thing, mm -hmm. which that is toxic enough. Right. But, um, I don't think, I don't think, I, I, I actually think that Victoria wanted to win another challenge and redeem herself. Mm -hmm. I don't think she was trying to misunderstand it, but I think it was actually confusing the way that people described it. Because if share is not in your vocabulary, mm -hmm. and... What we first see is Carly wearing this kind of raincoat, uh, not raincoat dress, but like a trench dress. Like a trench, dress. a trench rain. Yeah, by yeah. the way, a beautiful, nude trench dress. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. When I say nude, it was a little bit browner than Carly's skin tone, but it was sort of nude-ish. It's like the colors that people say, oh, that's nude, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, 
so there's this trench coat dress that Carly's wearing. And when Victoria says, what's sheer? Nancy points to it and says, that, like that, it's see-through. No, that was not see-through. And I think that's a huge confusion. Yeah. Because sheerness is not see-through. So I'm sh- I, I thought later in the episode, I thought, well, of course, um, Victoria would be confused because why wouldn't they use the word transparent if it was supposed to be see-through? Carly is not in see-through anything, mm-hmm. right? So I wish someone had just said sheer is layering transparencies or la- layering transparency, right? But that never happened. That said, she did have uh, Victoria did have plenty of chances to ask again and mm-hmm. get clarification, especially at mood. So I think that's where this whole thing went wrong. At mood, Victoria should have been, is this sheer? Because I think what Victoria picked is not sheer. I disagree with Christian. Lace is not sheer. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Lace is see-through. It's not sheer. And I actually think what Carly was wearing on the runway is exactly what Christian told Chelsea not to do, which is you're layering so much you know, transparent fabric that you lose the sheerness. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, and ultimately, I did not think Chelsea should have. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. Chelsea. I don't think Chelsea should have should have gone home at all. First time on the bottom. I know. Yeah. No. 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 You know. You know. And I've been thinking about that because there's something about the use of. Okay. Because I really I there's so many things that happen in that first um, segment of that episode. Um, you know, while you're describing the trench coat, I thought about that. There was a flash where I was like, that's not transparent. That's not sheer. You're layering these sheer fabrics. But um, I think there's something language wise that happened where, you know, we all know that Victoria's first language or even her first five languages is not English. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she speaks a bunch yeah. of other languages. But for me, what happened was as a native English speaker, my brain did all of the work for me and it it made, did all that context stuff all together. And the question I had where I'm like, hmm, there's a little bit of dissonance here between what you're saying and then the example, um, even though it's the closest so far that Carly has gotten, uh, besides this episode, um, it's the closest she's gotten to actually coming out and demonstrating the challenge. And, um, and I think you're totally right. Like she... Uh, I was not styled in the most helpful way. And I think maybe if we also had, we could have had Brandon out there in something that was sheer because, you know, to kind of have different examples of, of fabrications and all that stuff, because, um, you know, there there is a bit of some confusion that happens throughout these challenges and I'm it may it makes me think back to other challenges where I'm like this I don't think this was the first time where it was kind of confusing what is expected of the designers and it happens every so often on Project Runway but um especially when you know but you're, you're more likely to see it on like an avant-garde challenge or something where the concept is is a little bit more open to interpretation and not something like this, where it feels straightforward, but then all the context clues don't necessarily help you. And especially if you have a, a language barrier. I mean, I was really hard on her for all of that because I, I do believe that she picks and chooses. <laughs> and this yes. kind of no, gave her an yeah. excuse to misunderstand something. But no, yeah, I think that's yeah. a totally valid point. 
Well, I think that once there was the misunderstanding, she was like, oh, I'm so great. I can use this to my advantage. And I think that's absolutely wrong. But I also think that she struggled with understanding that term. And I don't know what the root of sheer even is. My goodness, I don't know what it is in English or in Romanian. But <laughs> it's sort of like it's not one of those words that it's almost like you have to describe what it does as opposed to doing what Nancy did and just pointing and saying that that's sheer see-through when it's not actually see-through yeah so and there was a couple of instances and i also want to say you know it's it is frustrating what was frustrating too constantly is victoria giving giving up and then having to take up everybody else's space with her giving up but i also tried to think about the fact that they are very specific okay how do I say this? Um, I've had time to think intelligently about it. I've had a whole over a week. I think I know where you're going. I think we've talked about no, this. I don't, no, actually, I'm not sure that we did. But you know what it is? It's like there are only really specific cultures that value failure. And those mm-hmm. are cultures with infrastructures in place to benefit from failure. Mm-hmm. So for someone... You know, like, like, like we've said, actually, like we've said, like Dimashka, like Dimitri, I always mm-hmm. say Dimashka, like Dimitri and um, the Ukrainian designer and now uh, Miss Moldova. It's sort of like, I mean, I don't know. We know from this season that Mold- um, Victoria's circumstances, like her family, um, has struggled in the past, right? So this mm-hmm. is not a social circumstance that will lead people to just brush off failure Hmm. and i think in the u.s it's really hard to understand um for a lot of people not all i think some people share exactly the sentiments of victoria at that moment um but it's sort of like i have failed how do i restore my dignity from here because Mm -hmm. failing is not an option ever right and there's a lot of cultures in which that's still the case where failure Um, The circumstances don't really allow for the bounce back. So it's not even in your frame of mind that that that's an option. It's sort of like, oh, my God, my dignity is all I have now. And I'm just going to leave, walk off the show because I'd rather um, not be thrown off the show because my dignity is all I have now. So so as frustrating as it is, I also think that... um, yeah, it was just something I, uh, this is not to excuse her manipulative behavior, but it's sort of, um, I'm just sharing that as hopefully yeah. another way to sort of um, hopefully find her presence more tolerable. <laughs> yeah, no, that's been helpful to me because honestly, so, uh, you know, um, um, on Facebook, um, uh, we were talking a little bit about, well, I mean, I, I don't know, was it me? Did I start this? I don't know if I started where... <laughs> And I have been mentioning on um, the podcast that I, I, yeah, of course, everyone knows, and I think uh, it goes without saying that I, 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 I really, really regret um, choosing <laughs> Sergio as um, the person on my um, on my list, but uh, on my bracket, but also how my my runner up to Sergio was going to be Victoria, and how um, it's been hard thinking of who's worse (laughs) I don't you know we don't have to think about who's worse but it's also kind of like um who's worse and I and I've been looking for a way to uh how should I say um oh oh my gosh to make into a human what what do you 
what are the words for that? Basically to contextualize Sergio, to make him more palpable to me, um, and also to contextualize Victoria as well. That's helpful because I think this, I think her, she's, she's a pattern that we've been able to see of this Eastern European um, designer that comes from a very specific place in the fashion world and in a specific place in history and a specific spot geographically. Um, And, you know, and and as you're describing her, that also kind of helps me um, see Brittany in a different light as well, because I think rather than having it be a cultural thing, I think her issue is definitely familial and we'll, we we learn a little bit about her background as well, where it seems like she went through some, um, maybe some verbal and mental and emotional abuse, and how that really has shaped her neuroses around her process. Um, and I, I think we can see the same with 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 Jeffrey, and how they approach themselves as not 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 necessarily as fatalistic or or nihilistic, I guess as as Victoria, but, but still this, in, this deep, deep, deep internal pressure and, um, and how they, and also how they react to failure as opposed to Sergio, where there's just complete delusion and, um, his reaction to failure is just, it's, it's very narcissistic response where it's like, nope, the problem's not me. It's you. It can't yeah. be me. I'm, I'm never wrong. It's, it's, it's all you. So, but you know what? Sergio can so most like hmm. that beautiful dress that was made last week was kind of restored my faith in the skills of Sergio. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the skills of <laughs> Sergio. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the worst, worst, oh my God, even this week, the worst was Tyler. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, my dear, I have literally saved you from the worst this season. <laughs> oh, man. I just, it's like, oh, gosh. The fact that you're more annoyed means you're winning. I mean, it is it is a close second. I feel like there's a bottom three that, you know, it's like a three-way tie with some slight, slight differences of just, you know, just, just some infused humanity, you know, yeah. I'm trying, trying, I'm really trying because otherwise I just you know want to virtually punch him in the face anyway all right he has a very punchable face like all of his expressions like huh what is happening where i'm what are you saying it's like yeah i think you i think to listen you need someone to punch in the face with some facts anyway all right (laughs) okay so um because i i think it's i think it's important to bring that into this episode um because, and we, we've talked about this, I have some theories, some conspiracy theories, but, um, I, but, but anyway, but I, I feel like that's, that's going to help me sort of place, <laughs> um, my, my annoyance, I shouldn't say anger, but my annoyance with how the judges are reacting to these designers. Um, yeah. all right. Okay. So, well, let's get into the, to the episode and, for this week, we start in the penthouse, and it, we, we have to remember that that Cheer episode was incredibly dramatic. A lot happened. We lost a young. Um, there was that fiasco that you talked about with Victoria just breaking down and giving up and threatening to leave the show and everyone having to corral around her. We yeah. lost Chelsea. 
And I think that was an emotional blow to everyone. And so they're all anticipating yet another crazy, twisty challenge. And they're just like, oh, what's going to happen next? (laughs) We're we're not done. Like, was last week the new normal? And um, but I do have to say that Marquise is living my dream, which is eating pizza for breakfast in bed in a penthouse. (laughs) (laughs) And he's self-taught making beautiful garments. I know. Also your dream. (laughs) And also, right? You know, because he was like, you know what? I think it's going to be something kind of normal. It might be a menswear challenge. And then Delvin's like, oh, they're going to they're going to tie us from the top of a building and we're going to have to sketch upside down. And, you know, then we're going to have to bungee jump and then finish our sketches by the time we, you know, like skid on along the East River or something crazy like that. But I'm like, this isn't Lifetime. It's it's Bravo. They already did that. (laughs) Like they've already done that. Um. Yeah, we also have a follow up between Victoria and Jeffrey, where Jeffrey is again demonstrating how he is the best of all of us, and kind of encouraging Victoria and trying to empathize with her after the craziness of the day before. Um. So yeah, all right. So with all of this, all their heads sort of in a tizzy, they head to the runway. And they they sit down and Brittany in a huff is just like, well, well, here we are again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, this is the time where everyone is incredibly exhausted, emotionally drained, but also we have last week. So, um, but behind the scrim, we have a gigantic Christian Siriano but with soft edges because he's way too close to whatever he's standing next to. And then we have a regular size Carly because she's normally a giant. Um, and she's all in focus behind the scrim. Anyway, they come from behind this, the scrim wearing suits and Christian's wearing a pretty dapper looking velvet satin line jacket. And then Carly is wearing something that looks like it's made for a four-year-old ring bearer. And, <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't fit. And I'm just like, this is, how can you make something like this? It's not like a skin tight suit. It's not showing out so much of her body, but it's also an outfit where it's like you either have to be four or someone with disproportionately long limbs to pull off this outfit. It was like, it's just so strange. Um, oh. I enjoy looking at it, but also it's like, okay, yeah, it's it's, it's wacky. It's, Do you want to say who the designer is? Oh my gosh, it is Tom Brown, who does amazing things, in my opinion. I mean, but this is like this is the most Gap Tom Brown outfit possible. It's like I would not have guessed that was Tom Brown. I mean, I I wouldn't I, I for some reason I, I thought they were gonna say something else like Tom Ford, like someone else who's a little less um I don't know. I, I mean I I I don't know too much about Tom Brown's um or the history of his collections or of or whatever he makes, but it it kind of was like, okay all right, this is a very interesting designer to bring up someone who's quintessentially a a menswear designer. Um, And 
I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what else did you have to, I mean, what about it felt gap to you? Uh, everything. I mean, Tom Brown does a lot of exaggerated silhouettes. Um, <clears throat> nothing looks like you bought it at Banana Republic. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Um, it's sort of different each season at one point. Uh, a lot of suiting. Tom Brown does a lot of suiting. Yeah. Um, but also exaggerated suiting. I don't know how to say it. I think he's done some kind of like gender neutral-ish things for men. Mm-hmm. A lot of oversized coats for women that look like um, someone's wearing your, your grandpa's, you know, blazer. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of look. Yeah. But people make that look chic. <laughs> um, so that's sort of why I was like, that's Tom Brown? Like, when, where, like, how? Maybe, so You know, maybe it was for the secret kids collection that <laughs> actually for is yeah. for, for Baby Gap. You know, like, you've never seen it because it's in it's in Baby Gap. Um, I mean, because, you know, she looked like it felt very 50s, 60s kind of um, Mad Men, but but the people who served the madmen in restaurants kind of like there was something less tuxedo about it and more, um, more like of, of, of a time, but, but not as special from the time, like the way we would think of a tuxedo in a way. Yeah. And the one thing I did, I should have looked this up. Like I remember in the last two years or so, maybe four, where Tom Brown did a men's tuxedo jacket that had like fur, or maybe not fur, but something furry, maybe mm-hmm. not actual fur, but something furry, um, like like cuffs on the end of the sleeve, so mm-hmm. by the wrists that were like one third of the arm length, but it was a different color than the rest of the blazer. So mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. You know, huh? What's that? It's very visibly, something's always visibly off, but totally chic about Tom Brown. And this was sort of like, uh, uh, yeah, just to me, like, I would never have guessed that was Tom Brown. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it it, it is, yeah, it's Carly's attempt again, like, uh, you know, I feel like it's a little bit better than last week, especially after, um, after, you know, your, your, uh, very very valid perspective on that trench coat um this was a little bit more illustrative of the challenge because uh, you know re- uh, listeners it's about tuxedos we're in award season um depending on when you listen to this podcast we're in the middle of award season the oscars were last night uh we're rec- recording this late in the day on monday and of course, you know, we have been talking about red carpet looks and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, you know, the Oscars and BAFTAs and blah, blah, blah. So um, it's a it's a very um, timely challenge. And I thought, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. And, and especially it's, it's a, you know, because we're giving a pretty long intro to this. But like they also gave a really long intro. And Carla was like, you know what? Normally I come out here and I do this whole big thing where I explain some stuff before I get to the challenge. But we're going to cut to the chase. And I'm like, OK, well, that's helpful also with what you're wearing. Um, but 
there is there was like a little bit of a Wikipedia explanation over, you know, what where tuxedos come from or actually the name for this type of suit, which I didn't know that it came from Tuxedo Park in upstate New York. Um, Did you know that? I did not know that. No. Yeah. You know, and I want to just kind of check up on that because I'm a little skeptical, but it makes sense um, that at least the name would come from there. But they made a really good point. And this is Christian. Christian gets to make his PowerPoint presentation about tuxedos um, using, you know, I, I feel like these amazing visuals of Tuxedo Park in upstate New York that I'm hoping are in the Library of Congress. Anyway. Um, just a nerd in me. I'm like, someone did the research for this. Anyway, so they have an exact year. 1886 is when a tuxedo became a thing in the U.S. And um, so that's what they'll be approaching. And we, if we finally, finally get right to the good stuff, which is this Billy Porter red carpet look that Siriano made um, for, I think, what was it? Was it last year? Yes. Yes, in 2019. Yeah. 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 Um, because essentially, what they're what they're doing is taking this iconic example of um, a red carpet look or evening wear or something that is formal, and they are going to put their own spin on it. So just as Christian um, made this iconic look for Billy Porter, um, they're supposed to update this classic look of a tuxedo. And in describing Billy Porter's look, Christian goes, this was the first time that a man had worn a gown to an awards ceremony. It has never been done before. Note that. Yeah. That's never been done before. Um, yeah. 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 And um, so just so you know, I actually just sent you a, a private message with a, I just googled Tom Brown. Oh, that's what that the first little page. sound was. There's like a little, like, like a little bubbly sound. I was like, "What is that? Did someone just sign that on?" Was to Skype? <laughs> that was me. That was me. Don't mind me. <laughs> so I just sent you like a photo of like quintessential Tom Brown. So when you get a moment, <laughs> oh my gosh, thank take you a so look. much. And it's like, yeah. So just yeah. FYI, let me see I if I can actually also post that. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I love it. It's this huge right. coat. Looks like felt. It's great. Right? <laughs> oh, man. And it's kind of like, okay, if any one of you guys saw the recent show for Christian Siriano, I don't know if you saw that one. Um, I think it was the Paris fashion show. Um, I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to I'll try to post that as well side by side. But it sort of looks like the shape of his finale dress. Um yeah. And, you know, again, and just shout out to, uh, um, oh, my gosh, I, Lisa, uh, oh, my God, Leslie, Leslie Jones, who is probably oh, yeah. Christian Ciarano's number one fan. But there's this viral video of, her, video of her in the front row kind of yelling at this dress. And oh. this look kind of reminds me of that. I'll, I'll post it oh, <laughs> on our, on oh, our Tumblr or our Facebook page. Um, yeah. All right. So they intro these, this, um, this text challenge. And we do get to hear a little bit from the designers, their thoughts on it, because there are, mm, I would say, very few requirements. It's just that they want them to use satin um, because that's what distinguishes, according to the rules for this challenge, that's what distinguishes a tuxedo from just a normal suit. They have to use satin somewhere. 
Um, it's also a two day challenge. And um, we have like Jeffrey, we get to see this. I think this is where we see this, this uh, photograph of him wearing a tux, but he mentions how, yeah, no tuxes have been around forever. They're boring as hell. So I'm really excited to actually put my own spin on it. So I don't know, just sounded really exciting to hear that, that some people are excited about it, but not everyone is. Yeah. And the main person who really is freaking out about this already is Brittany. Mm. <laughs> so, right. um, because they go, so Christian goes, you have to use satin. It has to be somewhere on the outfit. This is a two-day challenge. These suits need to be tailored to per- perfection. But listen, we're not evil. So, and then Brittany's just like, oh, my God, what are you going to do to us? Where are we going? Is the floor going to drop? Like, what's happening? What's coming from the ceiling? What else do we have to do? And she's just, you know, talk about wanting to punch someone in the face. Like, she's ready. She's ready. Um, but anyway, so even though Christian's like, we're not evil, like, she doesn't believe them. And he goes, we brought in some help. And then from behind the scrim, all of the previously eliminated designers walk out, including Alan. Yes. <laughs> Alan Tood is back. Alan Tood. <laughs> Our Insta character. Oh, man. And I mean, in my notes, I was like, I don't mind. We need some lightheartedness. Because after last week, I'm just like, and after... After last week on the show and after last week in general, I'm like, you know what? I don't mind it. I don't mind your frivolity and how unnecessary you are. This is great. Um, They're also wearing their version of a tux. And so that's really fun to look at all these other examples of what a tuxedo could look like. Um, Chelsea is wearing a t-shirt tux, which is my favorite. Um, And not just because she's on my bracket. I thought it was just a lot of fun and kind of like a you know like a me like a like a like a um a kitschy twist on it a little bit of an attitude um also carly announces that there's just there's one more eliminated designer than a competing designer and so um there will be one person who's quote-unquote off the hook and it's everyone's first time hearing that because they're just like oh wait what okay all right like, no one produced them. Anyway, so, but the other twist is that the eliminated designers get to decide who they get to work with. And Christian has, um, well, they, they get their names called from the uh, the Maxwell button box. So, I didn't write down everyone's, oh, no, I did. Never mind. I did write down who everyone ended up with. Anyway, so, they get them the, the Brandon Maxwell button box and the first name they choose is one of the pair of eliminated designers from episode one. And that's Jen. And she chooses Brittany, which is, I, I feel like this is the worst day for Brittany to get the first eliminated designer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can tell the producers in her talking head asked her, so Brittany, what do you think are Jen's greatest technical strengths? And she's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> she was eliminated. I don't know. She made a shittily made jumpsuit. I honestly have yeah. no idea. Vision has never looked worse. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So the pairings are: Tyler gets chosen. Um, Tyler chooses Delvin. Then we have Shavi with Marquise, 
And then we have yeah. Melanie with Jeffrey. And it seems like people are choosing the uh, the designers that they've worked with before, except yeah. for Veronica. And if do we remember Veronica? Veronica is one of the very, very plain white ladies who was eliminated pretty early on. And shockingly, to no one except for Victoria, <laughs> she chooses yeah. Sergio. Um, she clocked Victoria and was like, no, absolutely not. Never we worked again. together before. Yeah, that was a terrible experience. We get a little montage of of that moment when, you know, Vic, Veronica realized that she had made a horrible choice choosing Victoria as her her first partner on the very first episode. And so um, she guns in for Sergio. Um, and then we have Chelsea, who, uh, you know, she has to look at Victoria, who's still there. And... She chooses Nancy. <laughs> yeah, well, they were buddies for a little while, right? Nancy and Vic. Yeah, because Chelsea. Oh, no, I'm getting confused with Brittany. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think if Chelsea had gotten chosen first and she would have chosen Brittany, if Brittany had her way, then the two of them yeah. would have been yeah. partners. So, so yeah. yeah. And then the last designer, the last eliminated designer to get chosen is Alon. And Christian chooses this button in gas because I think he was just so happy to have Alan back on the show because it was between him and Asma, who poor Asma cannot catch a break. I know. I think she's been on the show the least in Project Runway history. She's probably said like eight words. (laughs) She just says bye. She says nothing. Anyway, so Alan is paired up with Victoria and before they get to uh, sketch in the workroom, they're told, you know, tuxedos are for everyone. And so they are um, able to go back to the workroom and negotiate among them- amongst themselves, which models they get for this round. And they're choosing between male, female and non-binary models um, for this episode. So. All right. So ready to go to the workroom? Yes. Finally. Yeah. So they get there. And the the model cards are spread out on the table and they have to talk it out amongst themselves. And it seems to go pretty well. It's pretty cordial. There's some people who like, I want, of course, Marquise chooses a male model because, you know, Marquise called it from the very beginning. Like, I hope this is a menswear challenge. And um, you also have a, a little bit of a surprise. Brittany decides to take a risk on a two day challenge and chooses to, for the very first time in her entire life, to make menswear. So she uh, chooses one of the male models as well. All right. Time to sketch. Yes. So we we kind of kind of yeah, we kind of span throughout the workroom. The the designers are working with their partners or they're working with one another to kind of, you know, feel out their ideas we have chelsea with nancy um wearing her tuxedo t-shirt and you know that seems to be going great um you have marquise who's like i want to make a pleated blazer and Brittany, who's just kind of figuring out what to do with satin and then we have sergio who um announces to veronica his partner i will be turning the tuxedo backwards um dun 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 and then we also have victoria with alan and 
she's kind of talking out what she wants to do. And she's saying, you know, I don't want to be cliche and do a pant. So I'm going to make a tuxedo gown. And what I loved here is Alan, you know, she I don't know if she sketched something out, but Alan's like, oh, no, really? I thought you were going to do your like. <laughs> and he basically like makes these cuts along his body that are in the shape of all the other outfits that we've ever seen Veronica yeah. do. And he's the best. It's like, oh, Alan, you haven't been on the show in a while. She's not doing that anymore <laughs> or trying not to. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Oh, my gosh. And then Jeffrey, who, you know, <laughs> Jeffrey was nowhere near on my radar because he the the colors his skin is able to turn just <laughs> really, really worried me. It just it it broke my heart. And also um, it really my competitive spirit was like, oh, no, you are a ticking time bomb. But here he's like, you know. He's talking to Melanie. So so Jeffrey chose so Melanie and Jeffrey worked together during the first episode, if you guys will all remember. And that's when Jeffrey had his absolute breakdown in mood. And Melanie had to basically scrape him off the floor and just like, you know, carry his soupy body back to the workroom. And here we have Jeffrey, who has been to the ringer and is a little bit more matured by this whole process. And he's telling her, he's like, you know what? They're not looking for a loud right now. Because if we remember last week, um, he had the very uh, graphic chevron, black and white with the blue outfit going on. And so he's like, you know what? Um, I'm going to tone it down, but I'm going to make something that I would wear. I'm going to make something that my club kid, angry, you know, dealing with a lot of shit on the inside. What I would wear if I had to wear a penguin suit. And I'm going to make a jumpsuit situation, but refined and streamlined. And I was like, so freaking mature. I, yeah. I I just thought it was a really great interaction there. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. What were your thoughts on this little time here? You know, I, I, I think that just picking up on Melanie and Jeffrey, I think they ba- balance off of each other really well. Yeah. I really do. Um, because I think that Jeffrey provides spontaneity for Melanie and Melody provides a lot of order for Jeffrey Um, just in their their creative process Um, so I was really excited about that pairing Um, and of course I laughed out loud when Alan said oh my god Victoria is a solo designer (laughs) (laughs) it's like yes it's like duh was he saying that as a revelation and where it's like what I thought, so I thought he was sort of like, that Alan was more commenting. I I don't think it was a total revelation, but just, oh, right. Oh, that's what I'm in for. That kind Uh of thing. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Yeah, because to me, I was like, duh. That was one of the things I kind of just glossed on over. I'm like, of course. (laughs) I feel like. They don't know. They don't know. Like, none of the designers know. Yeah. So why? Alan wouldn't know. No, no, like, no, no. Who's he wouldn't been doing the best, right? Exactly, because he, <laughs> I, I did write one of his quotes down. He's like, you know what? Victoria doesn't work well with others. She barely works well with herself. Oh, that was priceless. <laughs> that was priceless. So true. Yeah. Um. All right. Okay. So we've come to the end of our sketch time, and it's time for mood. Mm-hmm. So they meet Christian back in mood again. And 
Um, their budget for this challenge is six hundred dollars to buy sheer stuff. I mean, <laughs> six hundred dollars. I mean, yeah, I feel like last week what was it three fifty, and that was a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it gives them a lot of leeway in mood because Christian is like think bold think new think outside of the box you get 30 minutes to yeah. shop and all of them just hoard together and remember for a soup wait go ahead i'm sorry i interrupted you my apologies oh no no no, no. <laughs> go ahead no no <laughs> i was still commenting on the price like it's for a suit yeah so yeah. if you think if you think kind of jacket shirt or some kind of under whatever goes under the jacket, um, a pant, and then lining both of the, but at least a jacket, mm-hmm. the inside of a jacket. So that still seems like a lot of money, but maybe not that much when you think about what they're supposed to be doing. Not what they did, what they're yeah. supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Like, not what they did, but if, and also if you think of all the, is accoutrement the right word? Like all the other things that have to go that like, you know, the, the trimmings and the lining. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of them are looking for lining, but also the satin. I've never priced satin before, but I can imagine that there's a wide range and you want to get really nice satin that can be expensive as well. Yeah. You know, maybe you'll want to make, make a hat or something. I don't know, but maybe, you know, maybe you want to use fur, who knows, but yeah. Um, they'll be able to get whatever they need, but also the finishings and 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 being able to give themselves enough options here. Um, but uh, <laughs> and I think it's these these shopping trips are getting funnier and funnier with Siriano because I will. <laughs> it's so funny. Like so, they he lets them loose in mood, but yet they all hoard together and they head upstairs to the same department, the suit department. <laughs> And as they're heading up the stairs, Christian's like, oh, everyone's going to suit department. That's so boring. Um, And (laughs) it's the beginning of what I put in my notes is uh, as a a crepe off, because on the way upstairs, I don't know if you caught this, Victoria pauses at this section that she's like, oh, these are this is where the cheap crepes are. And Alan jerks her away from that. And then Delvin is running full head on into the expensive crepe section, the matte crepes. Um, and so we have like the, you know, this, this kind of um, interaction between what kind of fabrics that they're going for, but pretty much most of them are getting, I guess, wools from the suit section and some satins somewhere else because we, you know, the, I, I think the first uh, interesting choice person or choice maker is Delvin who I don't know how many minutes it took him to choose this but he chooses a powder blue double wool crepe and immediately asks for six yards of it and then tells Tyler to go off to get the most inexpensive lining he can find and yeah anyway so here we have a moment where Christian blatantly intervenes instead of kind of snarking his way through and and passive aggressively suggesting things. Although this was still a a passive aggressive interaction because he goes 
powder blue. Interesting. Dot, dot, dot. And Lee's delving to ask, like, wait, is that a good interesting or a bad interesting? And he's like, mm, I don't know. And it's like, it's enough to make Delvin, I think, the most worried that I've ever seen him in, in mood. I've seen Delvin frustrated, but I don't remember him being that worried where immediately he turns around and chooses a different color. But yeah. I mean, how, how, and how does Delvin go from baby blue to this so-called emerald green there was nothing emerald about it it was just kind of sad green i mean it was pretty frustrating and also you know i don't want (laughs) to i don't want to exaggerate with my words but when the camera panned to his other color options i was i was actually horrified i gasped because he's like he's looking at this like this pastel yellow and then a periwinkle and then a kind of green, not the emerald green, but a kind of green that reminds me of Easter eggs, like the color of Easter. And I'm just like, you're messing around with even worse colors. Like go back to the, to the blue like this. I feel like that's better than this. And then the mood person who's been helping him comes around and just is, is like, yeah. So like everyone's buying this emerald green right now. And I'm just like, no, no, that's not good enough. That's not a good enough reason for you to choose this color. For this challenge yeah yeah um speaking of like don't do it um we have um i mean actually no no that's i i, I take it back because mark okay at first i wasn't okay with this because marquise is choosing what i call a royal navy color it's it's like a it's a nice dark blue that that is more blue than than black and um, and is also choosing a print, but just as the lining. And it's kind of like, you know, another phenomenon that's been happening. Whenever someone pulls out a print, I feel like Christian appears out of nowhere. It's like there's a <laughs> there's a like a block of smoke or just like a bolt. I should say a bolt of smoke, a print smoke. Yeah. And then when yeah. it dissolves, Christian is there. So, so excited and he can't wait for someone to risk everything with a print, even if yeah. he hates it. He's just like, I just want to see someone risk something. I just want to see a print. I'm, I'm yeah. just, you know, and also with you pointing out Christian's wonderful clothes <laughs> all the time, I can see why just, you know, something textured, something that's a little bit more interesting, especially on a challenge where he is, was, you know, put on a, on another level of fame with, um, the tuxedo that he made for Billy Porter. Anyway. Yeah. It, it was really funny when Christian, um, during this time at Mood, when Christian was so disappointed to see Marquise put back a fabric that was like white letters on black background. Mm-hmm. Like really like like graphic type. And Christian was like, oh, oh, okay. For the inside. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. He was genuinely <laughs> hurt. He was like, oh, Okay. All right. I, I'm not even going to, to try to hide this. Like, I'm not even going to snark my way out of that. I'm going to go in a corner and cry amongst the trim. <laughs> right, right. Anybody want any trim? <laughs> um, and there's this. Okay. So then the designers kind of get through this. 
Oh, this is where we get Jeffrey's photo of himself in a tuxedo with his family. Oh, my God. Adorable. Oh, my gosh. Jeffrey always looks so severe to me. And this was a pretty <laughs> severe photo where I'm like, oh, I want to know Jeffrey's thoughts that day. How are you feeling, Jeffrey? Are you all right? Anyway, um, they make it to the register and it, everyone's under budget. So I feel like there was a little bit of a dash at the end for extra things because people have like $20, $30 left to spend. <laughs> so I don't know if that was a bad sign that, you know, people were, were kind of under budget. Well, I wish they could take all that extra, you know, project runway crypto coin and bought food with the leftover money. Oh, you know? yeah, I know. Oh, man, put it back into something. <laughs> yeah, something you can eat. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, so back to the workroom. So they make it back and the workroom is full, except for Asma. <laughs> it's like everyone is there except for her. And um, there's a lot more energy. There's workroom shenanigans going on because the new people, or I would say the eliminated people um, are not sleep deprived and are kind of walking around and getting the lay of the land. And um, so, okay. We have to start off with Sergio. Um, oh gosh. Okay. Let me, let me try to be nice about this. So Sergio is explaining how wearing clothing backwards is thinking outside the box. So in my head, Sergio just sounds like a really conceited and (laughs) I mean, unbearable, just generic person from, you know, the Inland Empire in California. And so anyway, so whenever he talks, I'm just like, oh, uh, you barely know anything. So he's explaining this whole thing because he's talking to Veronica um, about, you know, his, you know, his time on the bottom during the Heritage Challenge and how he's always doing these, these political things, blah, blah, blah. And um, it, it was at this moment where, I was like, wearing clothing backwards is definitely something that I saw in the fourth grade. So we'll <laughs> we'll get to the reference that, that, that Nina gets to. But in my head, I immediately started thinking of, you know, oh I, it was outside the box in the fourth grade when, when I was nine years old in the 90s. I'm pretty sure that was still in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. That was the 90s. Early 90s. <laughs> and my I my mind immediately goes to how all the cool kids were wearing their overalls and their jerseys backwards because we were all obsessed with crisscross at the playground, you know. Yeah. Playground. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I mean it was all over TV. It was all over music. And I'm just like, do we not remember cross colors? I'm not that much older than Sergio. I could not believe this. But also, also in my head, I'm just like, you know. All right. Listen, I had just moved here and I knew that. Just exactly. So you know. like, I mean, come on. I didn't, even watch, I didn't even watch MTV. 
you know, like, what do you I, even have? I wasn't you? allowed to watch anything above Channel 9. So, and I knew, you know, like I was this super, super sheltered kid. And, you know, I knew about Criss Cross. But, you know, I have to say that I had to study Criss Cross because I grew up in a household where they mostly just listened to gospel, classical music and top 40 because my parents are a lot older. And so when I was in third or fourth grade, I'm like, you know, I've got to listen to 92.3 The Beat in L.A. Because when we have our third grade dances, I need to know when to jump. I need to know where the the train is coming or whatever these kids are saying these days. So, you know, I knew. I did my homework, Sergio. Anyway. So. <laughs> and you're not even in the fashion world. <laughs> not to the extent that Sergio is into the fashion. You're I not know. in the fashion world. I mean, it was kind of, you know, and we'll get to the the, the issue at, at hand with this, but like Veronica didn't say anything and it's just like, you know, we're all letting him live in his little world delusion and I get it. Who wants to waste their energy trying to teach Sergio about reality? Um, but that's where I went. I was just like, oh man, you know, I remember trying to leave the house once with my clothes backwards and my parents marching me back in and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Never. I was nine. <laughs> and by the way, you, you don't even have to go like crisscross. I could be wrong, but I think there's a Balenciaga dress that's backwards that's really famous, like in the '60s, in the '70s, or something like that. Uh-huh. But even if you, even if you missed if, <laughs> Balenciaga and crisscross, uh huh. <laughs> well, I mean, even if you missed all that, there's been a huge trend like all over those tabloid magazines in the supermarkets everywhere with uh, women wearing um, cardigans tied in the back, like yeah. with buttons in the back. Yeah. So it's been like super ad nauseum. So, you know, we've seen it a lot in different contexts. Yeah. And it's also, we've seen it in the context of this show because Nancy, his best friend, draped a button down shirt backwards a few episodes ago. Yep. That's, happen we've seen it anyway so you know but you know if 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 it doesn't register for Sergio then it never existed all of his thoughts are brand new all right yeah and but sadly Sergio really cements the idea this has never been done before never ever because because you know what you know what just as Siriano had a moment with Billy Porter with something that legitimately had never been done. If he can do it, then I can do it because you know what? I'm the best damn designer in this workroom and you can't tell me otherwise. Or I should say like, I am the best damn designer in this entire workroom and you can't tell me anything about it. Cause I'm pretty sure that's what was going through his head. He's like, I'm going to do it first. I'm going to do it first too. Sirana did it first. I can do it first. And it's like, you know, no one else in the workroom really is trying to, uh, you know, reinvent the wheel here because I think other people are aware enough of what actually has been done or um, I don't know. Let me, let me, let me stop there. But I just, it's, it's, I think it's very telling that, that, and I think it's okay that other people are not trying to, you know, kind of blast it out of the park in terms of, because what can you do? What, 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 what could you do? You could do something. But to have to to want to be able to do something that you think is the first thing that, that anyone has ever done, I think it's just it's very weird. Um, anyway, and 
they have phones. They're allowed to use their phones, right? They can oh, search. They are? Con- aren't they? Aren't they allowed to like search? I don't think so. I think they're only allowed to use those iPads. Okay, but even if they use their iPads, they can go online and look up backwards dress. No? Or I don't is think that so. Not- yeah, I think they're very, very limited. I mean, okay, I don't really know for sure. But I mean, if any listeners know for sure out there. But I'm pretty sure, especially, you know, how they deal with reality competitions anyway. I mean, they. I don't think they would let them have free reign over the internet because of cheating. Like okay. they could look okay. up stuff and, you know, yeah, do research. They're not allowed to do that, I think. Um, but but either way, you know, I don't know. Nancy did something backwards last week. All right. <laughs> Let's move yeah. on to Delvin. A little bit of Delvin here, I guess. <laughs> um, So he's sketching something with a lot of asymmetry in it. And it's interesting. Okay. You know, I, I don't. I don't like just using the word interesting out there without saying I think it's interesting to hear his thought process because again he chose this ugly green fabric for his uh, for his suit and also I think Delvin's decision making process is questionable I'm more confused the more he's more he's, he speaks but I'm it, I'm even more interested in like how are you getting to these things what's driving you and he chooses asymmetry because so I guess he he uh, sketches a, a, a an asymmetrical jacket and he says yeah you know asymmetry is more interesting and that's it and I'm like okay well your sketch kind of looks like what Victoria sent on the runway or sends down the runway um and it's just like you know your asymmetrical jacket a la Victoria and your double lapel Again. Again. Yeah. I'm so confused. Anyway. Um And then we get the but we get I'm not sure if it's now or immediately before that we get the same kind of um Delvin replay of I studied with a master couturier, this is my strong suit, no pun intended. <laughs> this is it, this is my challenge. And every time something is sent down the run runway that I'm like were you playing poker with the couturier? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm saying this and I feel terrible saying that because I don't know how to do one hundredth of what Delvin knows how to do, mm-hmm. you know? But it's sort of like, but Delvin does talk themselves up <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. So my expectations are going to be naturally up because of what Delvin says. And then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know. Because it's it's one of those things that, you know, we always get, I, you know, I think in in most most seasons we have someone who is an incredible sewer and someone who can do anything and is technically flawless. And I I I think I thought that Delvin was going to be that this uh, this season, but um, yeah. I think it's more like Sergio who is technically flawless and and conceptually flawed, <laughs> and and then we have. <laughs> Delvin here who uh, just like you know Victoria and Sergio just has a little bit of delusion and um you know I I agree where there's a little I'm a little suspect of his background I I completely believe him that he has a background in tailoring but mm-hmm. I think 
just on top of that, I'm like, when you're alone, when you're by yourself, when you have to push yourself and come up with your own ideas, then I, I just don't think that there is much there. He isn't really making decisions that I think come from a place of someone who is able to take those skills that they learn and apply it with yeah. whatever it is that they feel. And really well I'm going to come, sh- I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to stop short of psychoanalyzing Delvin, but I think there is something about, you know, sussing out what it is that you want. What do you like? What do you enjoy Delvin? And I think, you know, we're seeing him smile a little bit more. He's um very shady. He is, he's a mean kid. He's kind of one of those kids who also thinks that they're snarky, but they're really not. They're kind of nerdy. And, um, I, I, you know, I think we're seeing him develop in front of our eyes, just his own character and, and, and personality. But it's like, oh, how, how can you do another double lapel? I'm so bored. Uh, no. And even, yeah. And even if you, because I think this is now, this would be the third double lapel it's not even good i don't even i i don't like them i don't think he's ever gotten compliments on it i think people are just like wow technically that's hard i'm like okay but is it you know actually he did i remember a compliment on a double lapel by delvin and that was a compliment i don't think delvin was worthy of because the suit didn't fit i forget which week oh was it the ashley longshore the age oh yes it was when asia yes was wearing a suit and it did not fit her below the waist right right um and Crazy i crotch. was sort of like okay and everybody said oh i love the double lapel love it love it love it and actually that one was you know well executed so i'll say that delvin did receive compliments on a double lapel there however delvin is in a competition where victoria repeats themselves herself all the time i know so I kind of can't blame Delvin for trying to perfect some kind of theme because it seems like that's what's being celebrated. Yeah, it's so frustrating. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty frustrating because I mean, we're we're ahead of our time here, but I want to call out everyone talking about Nancy's pants. And so Nancy we don't see her for a little bit. I think we only get to see her on day two, but she's working with, with, um, uh, with her critique from from last week, where I think Ashley, no, no, Ashley, not last week. Um, uh, she made those wraparound pants that she covered up on Dee Dee's body. I think, yeah, I think it was a uh, was a callback to the Ashley Longshore challenge, and so with uh, with this whole thing she's like I want to um uh take their take their critiques into account and and make something that is a little bit more fitted but also I want to highlight these pants that everyone seems to really like and everyone's like are you gonna do those pants again but I'm like well no one can really talk because Victoria's still here you know and so it's like I'm I'm frustrated with Nancy also (laughs) but just how yeah I, I agree with you with Delvin like who am I to talk about Delvin's double appell, you know, reruns? I, you know, everyone's got reruns this season. So, all right. Um, we have Victoria and Alan talking about reruns. And she wants to mix masculine and feminine features. And she's making a gown with a, a, a garter belt and these really, really strong shoulders, um, which is her aesthetic. And uh, 
we have here <laughs> Alan trying to get into the process, trying to seem a little bit helpful. And she's like, Alan, you can you can just give me some water. And so Alan, being extra, brings her water in a wine glass. And it's just the worst thing you could ever do to Victoria. It's the worst. <laughs> I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Um, she tells him to shut up and go outside. And he leaves. <laughs> And maybe, maybe Victoria was still upset with Alain's comment about Victoria's hair at mood. How do you control all that hair? How do you control all that hair? It's sort of like, okay, Alain, leave Victoria's hair alone. Just just let Victoria's hair be Victoria's hair. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I know. I just, it's, I mean, you, I mean, I feel like only Jeffrey can talk about her hair. Because he yeah. like he, you know, he has it like loving... Um, nagging there was like you know when your hair is not big it, you 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 make you crap. fail. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I, I think there's a some kind of mutual appreciation between um, Jeffrey and Victoria, and I mm-hmm. think that they have a rapport of kind of supporting each other. Um, but w- when. At this point, when Victoria said, you know, go get me water, this is terrible, go outside, I thought about a comment that Victoria made last week, which was, I don't look like I think a lot, but I do. (laughs) So I think that people might, I think Jeffrey does not get hung up on Victoria's looks, Mm. whereas I think Alan is like, oh, you're you're this skinny, pretty girl with big hair, like... Whereas I think Jeffrey sees you're this skinny, pretty girl with big hair, and you can sew, yeah. and you're hilarious, and yeah. you can hang with me, and <laughs> you know, and, and we can have a good time, and 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 yeah. But but you know, Jeffrey has been around the block a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alan is still, I don't know, choosing blue suits. <laughs> <laughs> oh Harry man, blue ruffles. <laughs> oh man, yeah. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah, we also have Brittany, who is having a little bit of a conniption because she's starting to hate her fabrics. And she brought she bought a bunch of gray. And with some it looks like like a dark plum satin, and some print for lining. But this is where we also get a little bit of her of her background. That kind of explains a little bit of, you know, as I mentioned before, like her neuroses and her, um, her her black and white approach to everything. Because I think when she realizes that she doesn't like the grays she bought, it, it just feels like, you know, this is, mm, she she shot herself in the foot because there's a a lot of gray fabric there, um, yeah. And actually, what I, what we saw in the workroom. Um, a little bit of pleating on the neckline. I don't know if pleating is the right word. Maybe pipe. No, it wasn't really piping. It was like this pleated thing. That wasn't looking so terrible. No, I thought her colors were great, especially I thought her color story was really, it could have been very wonderful. Um, Yeah, but it was like, okay, Brittany's inside voice, I think it might come from her home life. And it's not great. 
Um, because she was playing around with the fabric, like you said, like there's some pleating or whatever. She was layering all these grays on top of each other. And I can see where her thinking was going. It's going to be a gray story with this very evening and, um, you know, kind of, uh, playful color that you wouldn't necessarily see in, um, a tuxedo, especially a tuxedo that you would see a man wear to the, on a red carpet or something like that. Something that like, like a fun pop of color, um, but yeah, no, she was just kind of spiraling the more she played around with those fabrics. So, so yeah. Um, all right. So it looks like they're done with the end of their day, but oh no, their Surprise! night's not over. It's a rooftop <laughs> party. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my, I think Shavi is sort of like a like a distant kindred spirit because Shabby's like, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm an introvert. I don't want to go out right now. And then Marquis threatens him with some shears like, you're going out with us. <laughs> I want to talk to you. I want to hang out. But um, they get some fun time. Um, it must be late because this is the summer and it's dark outside. And all I can yeah. think about is like, they need to sleep. Yeah. So... Yeah. But we have them on the roof. I think they're on the roof of the penthouse. Um, they're playing cornhole. The boy from Wyoming, a.k.a. Tyler, is teaching everyone how to play cornhole. Um, Victoria's really good at it. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> I think her hand-eye coordination is really great. She's surprisingly good at cornhole. Um, but we have this moment with Jeffrey that I wrote about in my notes. And he is having a moment. This is also why I'm just like, y'all need to go to sleep. Um, he's sobbing and talking to Melanie because he's stressed out and relaying just how much this competition need, means to him um, because he feels like his collection, his, his business needs a collection, yeah. but he doesn't have the, um, the resources to do it. And that's why he's on project runway. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's very apropos that we have this mini breakdown with Jeffrey because yeah. day two rolls around. We find them hard at work in the workroom and who walks in? Carbs, carbs, a bag of carbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wait, even the designer. <laughs> I mean, because in my notes, I was like, bread. Ugh. <laughs> um, who, I mean, how did the carbs get there, Patricia? <laughs> oh, um, in a brown paper bag carried by Sebastian, last, last season's winner of Project Runway. I mean, I'm like, Sebastian, first of all, doesn't look like he eats carbs at all. I'm just like, what? what is up with this? I mean, okay, so full disclosure, listeners, like, I don't eat a lot of carbs. And, you know, Patricia and I talk about this all the time because we both have, like, these weird special diets. And I I clocked it. Once he he dumped, a, like, two shopping bags filled with bagels <laughs> and, you know, like, I don't know, these, like, balls of bread. There's, like, all shaped breads. There were oh. rings of bread. There were, you know, uh, I don't know, like, uh, just like swords of bread there's baguettes and <laughs> and you know i don't know 
bread filled with things. There were no croissants or anything. I was looking for the croissants, but just like, oh, he's no, like, it no. Colombian, it was Colombian breakfast. It's there a Colombian kind of like breakfast, yes. Biscuit in the distance. I was like, oh, why is that so fluffy? And then there's like <laughs> things closer to the camera were more firm. Yeah, it was a very interesting <laughs> display of all kinds of things I want to eat but can't for I health know. reasons. It was a mountain of all those things. Because in my notes, I go, he brings them only bread. (laughs) It's like, what else? What else worth a meat? Um, But but this was, I don't know. I just thought it was a really lovely thing that they did was have Sebastian come in. And what was most instructive, or I say fascinating to me, was that he gives them a rundown on the most mysterious part. And I think the newest prize of this um, Bravo version of Project Runway, which is a CFDA membership. And so he talks about, like, well, you know, um, they're helping me develop my first collection and then they're bringing in buyers. And I was just like, that's, I want to hear more about what a CFDA mentorship is like because they don't really explain it. We know they get hundreds of thousands of dollars and equipment and, um, all these sponsorships and they get pens and stuff. We we can get we get that. But I thought what was really wonderful for the designers and also as a fan of the show uh, was to hear that that the CFDA really is supporting Sebastian as the winner yeah. of Project Runway. So yeah, yeah, that was wonderful. And yeah. the other wonderful thing that happens in this segment is that uh, Sebastian in response to some, I don't know, some kind of silly comment by Brittany that, um, hey, don't look to other designers. Like, trust your instincts. Mm. Focus on that. You know, what an idea. (laughs) Don't get caught up in whatever, you know, competition means. Stick to your work. Oh, man. As someone who, like, like, I really live by that. Like, I just try to do what I do and and just try to do what I do as best as I can. Um... I really liked hearing that just in the context of the show, but also just as a reminder for everybody watching that, that that's always the right, the right way to go and to sort mm-hmm. of shift um, or recenter the compass. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I know it was in response to her hearing about the wonders of this mentorship and going, Oh, now my competitive body is like, Oh, the, the blood is flowing and it's getting thick in there and blah, blah. And you know, she, she had oh, her, wow. her claws came out and um, that's what that was in response to. And he also says that something that she does not take to mind is that um, your first idea is your best idea. Cause I also interpret this as a, um, you know, if, if, it could loosely be interpreted also as like, don't listen to Christian sometimes <laughs> because I, 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 I don't necessarily agree that your best idea is your first idea, but, but I do agree with the sentiment that you should trust your instincts and um, go with what you're doing and not look to other designers. Cause I do think that's how, I think that is a motivation for Brittany is the competition in the room. And and I think it's a motivation for a lot of people who choose to be on shows like this, you know, it's a competition. So, um, but they're all jazzed. It's great for them to hear this. I feel like it's a a very needed morale booster for all of them emotionally and mentally. Yeah. Yeah, And they're all, they're all pumped with carbs feeling good. Then double good from Sergio talk. Okay. Great. So I would say, 
if I ate anything on that table, then I would need to take a nap immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those nice naps. So much bread. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Um, Anything else about this wonderful interaction with Sebastian Gray, who's like the sweetest winner? No, nothing else. Yeah. I like seeing him. I miss his face. All right. So let's get back to work, y'all. So (laughs) Sebastian says goodbye. And um, they go back. And some people make some decisive decisions. Oh, is that redundant? They make some decisions. Brittany decides to scrap her gray fabric and go with her second thought, which is to use her jacket lining as the real fabric. Mm. Um. And my dear, I just want to say that if, if, if Project Runway teaches us anything, is that not all decisions are decisive. So I, I don't think you were being redundant oh. at all. Uh-huh. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Right on target. <laughs> it just sounds too alike. I'm just like, mm, let's find a different word for that. <laughs> um, but we also have Victoria, who is finally letting Alan in on a little bit of her process. She's letting him make drum roll, please. The cummerbund, the most <laughs> important part of the dress. But wait, um, she has to cut it out for him first. And, and then she hands it over to him and then she takes it back, cuts a little bit more and then hands it over him and takes it back. And then finally let's go. And he's able to make a cummerbund. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> next is time for our dear, dear Christian, Christian Siriano time comes on in, saunters through and <laughs> first is drawn to our dear Jeffrey. I think because Jeffrey's got a, an extra set of hands. It's a two day challenge. So what's he going to do? Full muslin, full on muslin. It is, I believe, day two. Um, and it's hanging gloriously on <laughs> on the mannequin. It is done. He, I mean, it's it is interesting the way Jeffrey works when you give him time. Mm. Anyway, but um, I thought this was a really wonderful back and forth because Christian comes over and we we all know um, Jeffrey is trying to tone it down, especially after last week. So. Yeah. Christian gives him some really good constructive advice on to how to tone it down even more. And, um, and that was mostly in the shoulder area. Jeffrey loves a strong shoulder. So I think that's pretty much what Christian says that he can kind of dial down a little bit, like refine a little bit more, take those shoulders away. It dates the the piece. Um, and also we've seen a lot of shoulders this season on project runway ourselves, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also have Sergio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who, I don't know about you, but it sounds as if he's also over himself because he's like, you know, Christian, I always got to do something political. I'm going to go in and out of like a Southern accent an, <laughs> and of uh, an, an Inland Empire accent, but all nasal. So it's like, I always got to do something political. 
And it's like, he just doesn't seem too into, into it. He's like, you know, like, you know, we're going reverse and with all this administration stuff, I'm going to do something backwards. And I, I don't know. <laughs> Christian doesn't bring the, anything up. <laughs> and the political implication is. Remember? Uh, w- wait, what is it? Actually, I didn't. Remember the, impl- the implication of why Sergio was reversing the order of the dress? I didn't write this down. Oh my God! I mean, you didn't have you didn't have to. It's because Sergio thinks that society has reversed since the last administration. Ugh! My brain <laughs> sparked when that happened because I'm like, I know you don't mean that. I I know you mean since this current administration. Oh God, so many things. Yeah, I I didn't write it down because I'm like, you don't believe in it. I can hear it in your voice. I don't believe in it. It doesn't matter. And we even have Veronica who goes, okay, guys, let's get this clear. The story, I mean, the garment came first. The design came first. And then the story came later. And I'm with Veronica. Does it really matter? Okay. Oh, my God. Since the last administration, really? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Like, I, I okay, so personally, I, I, like Obama as a president, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot to criticize around deportation and around a lot of things to criticize. So right. just the idea of painting any anything as perfect when it comes to politics is already alarming to me. And yes, mm-hmm. I understand things have are, are drastically changed since then in a lot of ways, but also c- certain things remain continuations and magnified continuations. Yes. There, there's just so much <laughs> that... That Sergio is not impacting, but but our our hopefully future president Madame Welteroth sets us straight on that <laughs> exactly, and I think that's why my brain sparked. It's just because the depth of Sergio's ignorance and the way that he's able to encapsulate that into like a, a an elevator pitch. It it just is beyond my ability to explain why it's such a stupid thing to say. <laughs> and I totally, totally agree with you because anyone who says, oh, you know, my, oh my God, like society has reversed itself. People were saying that during the Obama administration, like society yeah. has reversed itself. Like we can say that during any time in history, it depends on your perspective, it depends yeah. on your place of power or non-power, whatever. But honestly, it, it to me, it was the, the lacklusterness of his voice, if I can use that as an explanation, um, because he just, it's like, I'm, I, I also was offended by how I'm like, you, you cried on the runway about, you know, these, um, these children who died in custody at the border. And yet you can't even drum up some, some type of sincerity this week. It's like, are you just, yeah. You know, does it mean, does it really mean anything? If it doesn't mean anything, then just keep your mouth shut. Anyway, that's okay. I don't know. All right, we can move on. Yeah. Christian doesn't say anything. So, I'm, you know, I, I, I really, I just didn't write anything. Yes. <laughs> Christian that, said nothing. Thoughts. Both brows did furrow on mm-hmm. that Sergio on the forehead. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think Sergio has, Sergio has worn out his welcome with Christian and any mm-hmm. of his uh, sincere uh, feedback. Um. All right. Next is Nancy. 
Mm, yeah. Holy crapness. So. Muchness. She's focusing on pants. Again. Oh. <laughs> I. This is where I really want a Christian to pull a Jeffrey or pull a pull a Jeffrey like crit because mm. Nancy is so excited about everything and she's you know I think is so joyful and brings um and I think conceptually she's really really strong like she knows what she wants to do she's really good at making decisions and 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 explaining and pushing through with that and I think she had a really good point in terms of focusing on those pants but she chose this heavy brocade that looks like a couch and yeah. I'm like, okay, all right, Nancy, you like this print and then you like big pants. Sometimes <laughs> those things should not go together. And I need that you. Like a fancy couch. I mean, it, it, beautiful couch. Beautiful. I thought that, I mean, the more they showed the fabric on the screen, I'm like, oh, it's, I can see why that would be so dazzling in person. But to make gigantic, wide, like printed, pants out of that and a full print out of that for you know for a tuxedo it's just it was just like oh man can you kind of hold back your excitement about these two separate things pants and this print and then come together and, and make it into something that actually would work like I, I you know I don't know that's that was and she's repeating herself from the um the longshore challenge um, in my opinion, because Christian says, like, you know, are you doing a wide leg because it's looking heavy with this yeah. brocade? I don't know. Yeah, I think Nancy is trying to re redeem a previous pair of pants. Mm -hmm. uh, just go on, just do something else. And I think that the suiting. Yeah. OK, so if you like big pants. And this is a tuxedo, you know, tailoring, suiting, suited, suiting based challenge. Mm -hmm. Yes, you need pants, but you need not repeat the bad pants that people already said they did not like. I know. And did it well. Yeah, no. So, you know. Um, I mean, talking about, you know, these repeats, we all, we have Delvin next with his double lapel. Christian calls it out and doesn't say anything. It it also doesn't seem as if he has a lot to say about this period. Um, I'm not really sure if he called out the color. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think Christian, Christian said, oh, it's really elegant. But uh, in regards to the sketch. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he gives them some compl compliments on doing something different, something that he hasn't shown uh, Delvin hasn't shown the um, the judges before. Um, I thought it was really fascinating this this whole back and forth about wool double wool crepe not ever oh. being used for tuxedos or I guess evening wear period. Um, I don't. I have to like. I have a have little tactile memory of wool crepe, but is the the same as wool gabardine? I have no idea. A lot of like J. Crew suits, the the ones like you know J. Crew like jackets and tuxedos. That's all wool gabardine. Like mm -hmm. even like just a lot of pants that last a long time 
or wool gabardine. It's actually really common, but I don't know how different that is from crepe. Yeah. But wool does not – so um, like wool gabardine feels like really soft and luxurious and it's it lasts a long time. Like the weave on that, on wool gabardine, is really, really, really tight. Um, and it's a lot more comfortable than polyester and it's okay. easy. So, but wool crepe, I don't actually – I, mean, I, I don't think I have anything. We'll create. Um, yeah. I mean, cause I just had a feeling that is it lighter? Like, is it, cause, cause yeah. it's something that I would love to see a little bit, but I, I, I was just guessing that it isn't something that where the, the weave is tight or it is, isn't something as, as substantial as how you're describing a gabardine. Yeah, well, Cameroon is very substantial. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that it, it this isn't that isn't it. Um, sure. But also, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I don't, you know, it's this is outside of the box, especially for Delvin, who is so technical. Yeah. Um, but again, like he is using this because it's his quote unquote go to fabric. Okay. And so, if I will, you know, if, if there is this talk about using wool crepe or double crate being unusual for suiting, then um, I think it's interesting that as a tailor, he would use a double wool crepe for this, but I don't really know. This is also Tyler talk. So who knows if it's true or yeah. not. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Brittany. Christian comes over or I should say glides over and is like, oh, look at all these pretty grays you have. And um, she's already <laughs> um, like nicks the grays and is on to the, the lining being the outside part of the garment now. And she has this matching that plum satin that she pulls out. And she's like, I'm going from gray to this. And um, kind of doing what Sebastian t- said not to do, which is still all, all right. It's fine. But it seems as if she doesn't have enough of that matching satin to make a pant or to do what she originally was going to do, which I think was a pant. So it's already kind of a, a questionable moment we have here. Um, Christian leaves. And we have a little bit of a Nancy V. Delvin moment. Because Nancy, in her exuberance and her excitedness is excited about something else. Tyler is the same size as her model DD. How great is that? Yeah. So of course, <laughs> you know, I have Tyler here. So I'm so excited. I'm excited about my pants. I'm excited about this gigantic brocade flower all over this fabric that I chose. And then, oh my gosh, like how lucky is this? Like Tyler's um, uh, measurements are the same as Dee Dee's, except for uh, Tyler's height. So yeah. Nancy steals Tyler away and Delvin is pissed. Meanwhile, Tyler is loving to sashay around the workroom. Loving those, those pants. pants. <laughs> the pants actually look great on Tyler, I have to say. Like, you know, like, in that proportion without everything else that we see later on, I'm like, hmm, these could be some signature pants for Nancy. Um, I wouldn't mind it. But Delvin, this is, I think, strike one against Nancy of the day or of the two day challenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, I just yeah. have to say, Delvin, you just have to say so. You have to say something. Um, Nancy is a wonderful person. She's also just a person. And Delvin, Delvin's like, you know, Nancy, you know, steals, steals Tyler away from me and has no idea that what I'm doing is really hard work. And I need Tyler's help. I was like, okay, all right. So you can just walk on over there and, 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 and tell Tyler that you need his help. So it's not that, I mean, it is, it is easier said than done confrontation, but I'm just saying, just ask anyway. All right. <laughs> oh, Delvin. All right. So let's move on to the model fitting time. Yeah. And uh, in my notes, I just write, I just wrote, uh, you know, here we go. It's time to lust over male model bodies. Yeah. That seems so awkward in the workroom. So awkward. And kind of annoying. And it's so funny because Marquis, so everyone is up for, up all up in like Marquise's model's face. Um yeah who to me looks less like a model and more like a martial artist. Not saying that martial artists can't be models, but he's his torso is extremely muscular. And I think his name is also like, like Torius or something like Torius is torso. I don't know. His, his, he's kind of like this, <laughs> this like name that sounds like some type of guide or whatever, like Torah, Taurus. Yes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he's so we're all fitting the models and Christian's so happy to have men in the workroom. And um yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anything about this model fitting time? I, I I just sort of didn't get it. I'm like, it's a model, be respectful. Like don't don't, don't just be sexualizing people. Like, I know. I, it's really I don't know. You're on TV. Like <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm like, hashtag me too. Like all of us, like it's, it's, it is, it's, you know, you know, I don't think, okay. I know it's uh, I I don't know. I just, it just made me feel, it felt very dated to talk about data. Like this, this to me was like, okay, are we over this? Can we just have a fitting with these models? Like we have these women and we have like these, uh, like we, we've had like non-binary models. We've had like plus size models and also models who are just used to being naked all over the place. And yeah. it's just kind of like, okay, here's a cliche of um, this, this guy here who's just a, a martial artist. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Even though he like has a great walk, but um, I think they just spent too much time talking about his chest. Um. All right. And we also have Victoria calling out Nancy for doing the same thing every week. Sleeveless plus pants. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, while she's not wrong, she's also wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like you're wrong for saying that. And also you're not wrong for saying that. Because, you know, again, mirrors. We have eyes. Um, all right. Yeah, and speaking of eyes, we have a little bit of um, time with Jeffrey looking at Delvin's garment. 
and kind of assessing what Delvin is doing. Oh yeah, and how like what was what was that about? Actually, missed Just, that part. Uh, Jeffrey was some. Uh-oh. Oh, that's not Delvin's best work. Um, but just kind of clocking the the ideas that Delvin's working with and just basically saying things we would agree with, I think. Like too much is going on? The fabric's bad? Uh, I'm going to look at my notes. Let's see. Okay, yeah, I think I got... Yeah, I'll, I'll to it. Yeah, okay, I found it, I found it. Yeah, like the, the green is bad. Yeah, the green is bad. Yeah. And then and then actually soon after that we have Victoria saying that Nancy's design is repetitive. Mhm. Mhm. Oh. oh. <laughs> I mean, it's you can't write this. I you know, delusion is really really entertaining. Um because then you can you can get people who say stuff that is just like, okay, you're not even projecting because you, you're not aware enough to. Well, no, you, know, you don't have to be aware to project. But um, yeah, no, it's just like you have Jeffrey here who's looking around the workroom at people who are repeating stuff. Um, and I think that's with the same with Delvin. Like, it's just, you know, and again, what repeating itself also is poor Stephanie, <laughs> who is Delvin's model, like once again. Um, uh, on her way to modeling kind of a, a potentially tragic outfit once again. Yeah. So. Uh, yes. Yes. Thank Yeah. No. Okay. Um, that's the end of our time with the models. They leave. And the first thing I wrote for this next little section is that um, Alan finishes the garter belt. So he had the cummerbund and the garter belt to make. He's you know, he finished it. It's done. Um, and then we also have like a side by side because Veronica's over there with Sergio, and uh, she's done with the bow tie. Yeah, that's what she had to do, and uh, that's what Ellen had to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sort of non-communicative control freaks mm-hmm. in the. <laughs> yeah and veronica's like i i've been in bridal for 10 years i i know yeah. how to work a sewing machine oh my god oh gosh so insulting but you know i'm not surprised not surprised at all but if you were to ask sergio what sergio was doing sergio would respond oh something difficult something above and beyond what anybody else can even conceive oh, oh. <laughs> You know, because I'm way up here and everyone else is way down there. No offense. I'm just stating facts. It's just facts. Veronica, <laughs> you are you are doing amazing with that bow tie. You have no idea. You're you're contributing to a narrative and to a story that is greater than all of us. But not me. Yes, just world. just greater than all of us. <laughs> but not me. Anyway. All right. Okay. So that's the end of, I guess, the full day two in the workroom. Um, and we head back to the penthouse and there's a little bit of chit chat back there. Um, I I just wrote a little note because Delvin is feeling a little bit of pressure because this is 
kind of all coming down to the tailoring of these suits. And since yeah. Delvin is a bespoke trained tailor, he's expecting mm-hmm. to win this and no less. And it's like, okay, all right. You've made some very, very difficult choices that it's, it's going to make, make it very difficult for you to actually pull that off. But um, yeah, there's a lot of, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it wasn't until then that I realized that he was putting that kind of pressure on himself. But also, I don't think anyone really is expecting him to win this. Right. Yeah. I know. So, interesting. Meanwhile, Delvin's helper, Delvin's little helper, Tyler, has some choice words for what Marquise has made. I mean, yeah. You know, Tyler says something like, when I got out of the shower this morning, I wrapped something around my waist just like that. And I was like... Oh my doubtful God. you 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 project runway is paying for you to stay in some brooklyn hotel that gives you satin towels <laughs> <laughs> i know it's like That's but knowing tyler is like towels? yeah you know especially because like i shower as kimono like i basically live life inside my apartment alone as kimono and kimono only she lives breathes and and sleeps and eats and drinks in satin so that's just my normal day to day. That was mean. But yeah, it's, okay. it's unnecessary. I mean, talking about unnecessarily mean, mm-hmm. the morning of the runway. Oh my gosh, I know where you're going. That was brutal. <sighs> All right. Yes. I mean, it's like why? Why? So okay, let's set the let's set the scenario. It's the morning of the one runway. Um, Nancy and Sergio are sitting next to the front door. They're ready to go. It is 7.50 a.m. <laughs> anyway, so, but up the half stairs, like on the mezzanine of the of the penthouse, in the kitchen, we have Brittany, who, you know, neurotically is going around asking everyone. So, okay. Oh, my God. So who do y'all think is on the, who's going to be, who's going to be on the bottom? Like, who do you guys think is making the worst garment? And, um, they, Delvin and Victoria speak freely within earshot of Nancy and Sergio. And so, um, Delvin makes a dig at Nancy's outfit and calls it a glamorous garbage bag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they kind of go on back and forth being like, well, you know, this, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they're kind of just just talking shit about their other designers, but not looking around like you ought to. Even when I'm in a restaurant, you know, I'm not not going to say that I talk shit about everybody. I don't. I don't <laughs> tend to do this. But if I do, I am very careful. What I will do, especially if I live in a house with 15 other people. I will make my rounds. I will walk around. I will look behind corners. <laughs> I will look, look underneath under the, the table. Bed. You look under the sink. Exactly. <laughs> I look for cameras. I look for recording devices. Whose phone is there? Are your phones off? I am very careful when I want to talk about <laughs> you behind your back, <laughs> which is rare. Um. Anyway, but yeah, but I mean, they're just so open and free about um, kind of venting about everyone's work 
and saying whose work they like. And um, I think they even say some stuff about their own stuff. They go in and out, but it's like, it just kind of makes no sense. But also I, I think, I feel like, I, you know, okay. It, it would hurt my feelings, but I think it wouldn't the way it came out of Delvin's mouth because even his shade question mark is so uncreative and kind of makes no sense because I don't think that Nancy's, I don't think the, the description for her pants are glamorous garbage bags. <laughs> no. And by the way, we've seen plenty of amazing glamorous garbage bags on this show. Exactly. Not other, other contexts of fashion. Mm-hmm. So that, that's not the insult that Delvin thinks it is. <laughs> exactly. Cause I'm like, it's not a dig. It, her, her look is far from a garbage bag. It, I mean, I I think, you know, I would make my rounds, make sure Nancy is not within earshot. And I would say that it looks like she kind of grabbed like some curtains that were on their way to being couch cushions and decided that they would be like Venus flytrap pants or something. And then, yeah. you know, they, they would actually be like a plant that swallowed Dee Dee's body's whole, like because she's really into this like cannibal like fashion or something like she likes clothes that will eat up your body and just like just embrace it, you know, but. Um, something like something that's a little bit act like that actually talks about the clothes <laughs> because it's just like, it's not they it isn't, they aren't glamorous, um, garbage bags, but also, I, I mean, Nancy's pants are also not as bad as what you're making. <laughs> no, no. Nancy's pants. Maybe we disagree with it, but they're well made. Oh, exactly. No, they actually fit. And it's the thing, like I, I would, again, Nancy's pants looked great on Tyler because Tyler didn't have the whole suit on. It's like when you pair it with the rest of that jacket, there is nothing wrong with those pants. And no no one can say that, you know, um, she's wrong for making those pants again and again. And we've talked about it, like, ad, uh, you know, ad infinitum, whatever. We don't have to go on. But it was like, it was just kind of... Um, it was just a weird dig to me. And then Sergio, who's like, you know what? I feel like the other designers are talking about her because of her age. They just see her age. And I'm just like, no, I think you see Nancy's age. And that's one thing about them. I, I don't I, I don't get the feeling that they're they're digging at her because of her age. I think it's it's because of the clothes or their opinion of her clothes. But um I yeah. think Delvin sees Nancy as inefficient because a couple of episodes ago, Delvin made a comment, oh, you can't just wing it every time. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, in Delvin's mind, if you're not doing this controlled arithmetic of whatever, then you must not be real. Mm. <laughs> but I, I don't see Delvin sewing better than Nancy. I don't so either. Let that speak for itself. Yeah. No, I mean... I mean, okay, the lesson about this is just like, take that onto the balcony. Talk about that. Like, let it like, let the wind take it away. And so that, you know, the rest of us don't have to hear it. Because after they're done with all this, it's time for them to leave. Delvin comes downstairs and sees that Nancy is at the foot of the stairs, like the half stairs from the half floor that they were on in the mezzanine or whatever, and just looked hella guilty. Yes. (laughs) Just so guilty. It's like, okay, you got caught. You got caught. Um, okay. I also have to say 
that if I were saying things about someone behind their back that I wouldn't want to say to their face and then they heard me, I would feel so bad that I would have to talk to them about it. And we never get that moment. So, you know, no. spoiler alert, we never get a, 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 a take aside by Delvin who's like, hey, that was disrespectful or I was just joking, explaining something. I apologize. I'm sorry. But um, uh, if, you know, did I hurt your feelings? I am sorry for that. Blah, blah, blah. Something like something to kind of. Yeah, no. to diffuse the situation, to diffuse the tension. But right. I think Delvin sees Nancy as worthy of it because he because Delvin studied with a master couturier. Ugh. And that's that. Yeah. You know? Man. You're so right. All right. Um okay, let's go back into the workroom. Because we have two and a half hours to go. The helpers are back. And, um, yeah, we, we, uh, are seeing the, the mad rush for hair and makeup and all this other stuff. We have a little bit of an issue with Brittany, um, and, you know, a a tiny issue with Marquise as well, but not, not a panicky issue because Brittany, who we left her changing up her fabrics decides to make shorts in the satin fabric that she had left because she didn't have enough to make pants. So she's making these shorts and, and they're giving her some issues. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking, Oh man, talk about a re a repeat. You just had a challenge where you're making some shorts. Um, you may, I think she made shorts in, in, uh, I, I would think that sheer fabric is more difficult to tailor than satin, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. Both, both, I think, could be equally difficult because she's having a hard time with these shorts. Um, Marquise has to put a million but- buttons on um, the the uh, the button down that he's made for his barrel chested model. Um, Christian Sierra comes over and is. I, I, it seems as if Christian said this in a critique for Marquise, and Marquise did not listen. Um, and how many buttons that shirt would would need, <laughs> which was, uh, I think, on the verge of a million. So, um, we have a little bit of drama with the buttonhole machine. Oh yeah, strike number two. For this Nancy. is strike two. Yeah, she breaks it. Um, allegedly. Allegedly, we don't really know. Yeah, uh, we have her. I think it was Veronica. I think it was Veronica or maybe Melanie who was giving her a, giving Nancy a short tutorial on how to use the button machine. Um, She breaks it. Delvin blames her or it breaks when she's using it. Delvin, Delvin blames Nancy and like throws up his hands like, Oh, she broke it. Oh man. Come on. Um, Because he apparently doesn't have the ability to use a button foot on a normal sewing machine. Because in my head, so when Nancy was like, oh, the button machine, the buttonhole machine, I was like, wait, what? They have a buttonhole machine? What is that? Because to make buttons, there is a special foot that you attach to your normal sewing machine. And I'm pretty sure that anyone in there who knows how to sew, especially Delvin, with his his training, knows how to install a button foot on your sewing machine. So it was interesting the flailing of the arms and the seeming drama of this, because I'm like, y- you can't adjust to this. 
<sighs> anyway. <laughs> but and I liked it was like, oh, in my day, we didn't have that. We just sewed them by hand and we were fine. Exactly. I was fine. <laughs> exactly. I was like, yes, you were fine. You won. <laughs> yep. Yep. You definitely oh, needed funny. some buttons back then. Um, And here we are. Brittany finally calls out Sergio because uh, his model is walking around in his backward tuxedo. And Brittany points out fashion history she's like yeah so it's weird because you know i think sergio's great i think he's amazing but he basically made another version of the iconic celine dion dior look that she wore to the oscars i looked up the date it was in 1999 (laughs) yeah and you know what i didn't want to mention that earlier because i didn't want to leave a spoiler but everybody my grandma talked about that my grandma who <laughs> barely watched television you know like was a radio person listened to radio listened to news but like she knew what that looked like my grandmother mm-hmm. in another continent <laughs> i mean would, so, would that qualify oh, would that qualify as iconic would it qualify as history would it qualify as something that's been done before patricia Oh, yes, on all accounts. <laughs> <laughs> no alleged necessary here on all accounts. Factual. <sighs> yes, yes. Um, it is not a Billy Porter moment. All right. So this is our first call to this um, in the show. Yes, we had to. I, had, I was also holding back. I was like, I don't want to let this go because I feel like how it showed up in the episode was just... Ugh, it was so perfect. Anyway, so we are left with this little uh-oh moment and um, and a wonderful uh, um, nod to, to fashion history from Brittany. And it's time to go to the runway. We have our like last fit up uh, touch-up times. But anything about this run-up to the runway before we, we head to, to um, our, our cheat sheet? No, no, I'm good. All right. Um, so listeners, this is a time when you can click on, um, our show notes and find the link to our cheat sheet and it has all of the final looks in run rate order. Um, because as they line them up, they, um, you know, the, the designers go and take their seats and then Christian welcomes the helpers, the eliminated designers to watch with him backstage. So we're on the runway Carly comes out looking like she stole a Catholic student's uniform. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's wearing a crop tie. That's what I call it. A crop tie. Yeah. So it's real short. It's, you know, we're playing with proportion today. We're just playing around with all of that stuff. Um, she kind of looks like a comic book character. I don't know which one. But um, it's some interesting. It's interesting. But it reminds me more of like. You know, a uniform then. Well, you know, a tuxedo's uniform, I guess. Who knows? Um, up to interpretation. All right. So let's let's get to this cheat sheet. So our first go. Oh, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. I, I totally forgot to talk about the judges. And I. Oh, yeah. Whoops. So for our judges, we have our normals. We have Elaine Walteroth, Nina Garcia, Nina Garcia. Brandon Maxwell, and we also have 
Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> Tom Brown. What? Yeah, lucky them. I know. So appropriate. And just, I mean, mentioned at the beginning, I'm just, I'm really, you know, whatever. It's fine. I'm, I, again, I just want to say I'm just happy at the judging game this season. So, um, wonderful. All right. Now we can get to the actual runway and to our actual cheat sheet, Project Retux. And first up is Jeffrey and his jumpsuit. What'd you think about this one? I really liked it. I, I thought it was it. great. The judges didn't like the bow tie, but guess what? You can take a bow tie off. <laughs> and that does not won't ruin the design integrity of the rest of the outfit. I know. And it was really, really great. Well I, done. I thought the bow tie was a lot of fun. I liked how oversized it was. And yeah. it was it was just like it it was it was fun or or it could be funny. But, um, you know, he has like that wonderful sort of slit down the middle. And I, I, I just thought this was, I think to date, this is the, my favorite Jeffrey outfit. Mm, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a drop waist, you know, a crop pant. I just thought the proportions were so good. And also, I, you know, I'm just really proud of Jeffrey for yeah, doing what he set good. out to do. But it still looks yeah. really interesting. So it's impeccably made, impeccably made. Yeah, so good. Like that slit in the front. Mm-hmm. It's just so fun. And you know, again, so we're recording this a day after the Oscars, and I did look at the um, the red carpet looks, and you know, tuxedos, especially on men, tend to be very utilitarian and it's clear that they you know rolled out of bed two hours before and just threw on something that you know maybe they rented it maybe they didn't but because who cares they all sort of look the same um you know we also I mean I don't know if you saw Timothy Chalamet's outfit that was sort of looking like a twist on a tux but mostly looked like a members only get up and I heard people making fun of him looking like a valet, which he did, which I think is really hilarious and fun. But no, I didn't see it. You know, I never watch the Oscars. I, yeah, yeah, it's like one of those things that I, you know, at in certain places you're like, what? And I'm like, no, I just, I, I never have time. I never have the patience. I never watch half the movies that they're talking about. Um, but I did watch. I know that Parasite won. And I did watch that. Yeah, and I did watch Harriet, and I did watch a few others. So, um, but no, I I still did not watch. I I did not watch or look for any of the outfits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the only reason why I was watching because of Parasite. I was just so excited about that movie. But, um, but I also kind of wanted to see what the men were wearing, and also if we had any exciting twists on a tuxedo. Because I was just like, oh, let's just see if anyone does anything interesting with a tux on the runway. I'm on, on a red carpet, blah, blah, blah. But I yeah. saw this and I thought, you know, I didn't see any tux jumpsuits. I'm pretty sure that that is something that's been done before. But also this is something that is in Jeffrey's wheelhouse and someone who has has an aesthetic and has, um, uh, how do you call it? Like a motif. Like I would call it a motif rather than a repeat because we have seen jumpsuits yeah. from Jeffrey before. It's something that he's comfortable with making, but out of everyone who's done what they've done before, I think this was something that I can see as 
it's 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 new like it's different even though it's another jumpsuit it's not oh jeffrey's making another jumpsuit no, it, it's a progression it's yeah. clearly progression and that's why it's so fun to look yeah. at all right ready for delvin delvin's up next yes i'm ready for the thing that is unmatched from anyone else in the competition oh my gosh taylor <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> All right, um, so we have this this um, uh, emerald green or emerald green Kelly green or I don't know um, a mixture with a corset over the top satin. What you can't see on the cheat sheet is that um, there are satin stripes down the edges, and you can see, I think you can see a double lapel on the right and then no lapel on the left. So it looks like her jacket is like clapping to the right and not to the left yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's like a different size length of the hem in the front and the back mm -hmm. right so the right side and the left side one of them is longer than the other which is like why yeah <laughs> like but okay yeah i i mean hated it uh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Um, I just thought it was awful. I I didn't like the length. I didn't like the length on anything. Like it also didn't feel like something that you would wear on the red carpet. And I I also wonder why in this instance would he put Stephanie in um like that kind of Oxford shoe? I think it's an interesting mm -hmm. choice, but I don't understand why. Um, especially since it makes it so casual, in my opinion. Hmm. So, yeah, questionable styling. All right, next. Are you ready? Do you have anything else to say about yeah. that? Yeah, ready for Victoria. All right, next. We have Victoria from Moldova. And Fidgen. Yeah. Okay. Fidgen looks great, as usual. Fidgen looks amazing, but not because of this dress. Uh, not at all. No, I was so confused because I we see Fidgen um, walking or doing a practice walk in the workroom, and Victoria for for all of the mayhem looks at that and goes perfect because I mean is it is it me or is it being puckering all over the place and is it me or do the shoulders look terrible I don't know. No, it doesn't look quite right. It looks very ill-fitting on on Thijin. Um I don't. I have a question about this look, okay. which is a question that I have for several others look, several other looks, which I will ask at the end. Um, okay. <laughs> I didn't like this either. This was like you know hashtag hated it also. <laughs> yeah, I just I didn't like the shoulders. It was just oh, it was not good. Um, you know, just, just not, it didn't, it, yeah, it didn't even, it didn't look, it looked like, yeah, it didn't fit. Okay. Enough said. You know, Carly made a comment, you know, Carly dressed like Tom Ford, a few row, a few seats over. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, not Tom Ford. Oh, Tom, Tom Brown. Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um, says something like, Thijin is like the real sexy villain in like a Bond film. And I'm like, yes, Thijin is, but not because of that dress. <laughs> because exactly. that is, is just like. 
I, I know this is probably a problematic word, but I don't know how else to say it. It's tacky, tacky, tacky. Like, it does not have the exuberance of a Bond villain hmm. anywhere, you know. Um, so, anyway. Man. Yeah. I yeah, I have nothing to add either. Um I'll we, we, we'll talk about it later. Um All right, next we have Nancy. Yeah. Um well, Yeah, is uh, yeah, what else what else have can we say that we haven't said? Yeah, I mean, let's see. This is on my bracket, so I'll try to spare you. All right, go ahead, because I'm <laughs> like, oh, I have no words. Trying to no comment words. on this. Um, I think, well, what the judges said was really thorough in the sense that, okay, that collar didn't need to, not the lapel didn't need to be so wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the pants, they fit better. Okay, so you've made these signature pants of yours that now fit a model better. Great. But... It wasn't this wow moment that we were waiting for or that we wanted. I all, well, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'll say it later. I mean, it was kind of unfortunate in the fabrication because I can see, and I don't think she's made these pants correctly yet. Um, mm-hmm. Even in the Ashley Longshore challenge, I still feel as if that fabric was a little too stiff for the type of movement that she's going for. And she's, and we'll see it later in someone else who does it way better with having this dramatic kind of leg cape moment going on. Because I think that's a thing. But with this brocade and also with the lining, the lining is this cream color. And it's the same, uh, I think, color as the lapel there. Like, it's just so jarring mixing those two, like this print along with this, um, with this solid color, it, it, it doesn't pull from the print at all. It doesn't add, con- it adds contrast, but in a way that is just quite jarring. And, um, you know, I just think about, uh, just, just, a you know, it's the fabric, like the weight of the fabric and the color just really hurt her here. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Oh, Next, Next, we have Brittany. Uh, Brittany, that's right. Not Brittany's best moment. No, on the not runway. At all. I mean, you know, it really. We didn't spend a lot of time on this button-down shirt, but also it just reminds me of. I think that button-down shirt's awful. Um, it's just so plain, and it reminds me of it when Nancy. <laughs> You know, in her moment when she turned around a button shirt, it was the upcycle um, challenge where she got a button down shirt yeah. from um, from Goodwill. Yeah. And, and Brittany on the other side of the room was like, Nancy, why don't you just make a button down shirt from scratch? And I'm just like, here we have Brittany actually making a button down shirt from scratch. And it looks terrible yeah. because as the model was walking down the runway, I was just like, oh, man, because, it OK, it's gaping around. Um, the upper part of his chest and that lapel is so thin. And I'm thinking, man, would it look better if he just unbuttoned the, the, the jacket? And then Uh, I thought, "Mm, probably not. Probably not. I'm pretty sure she tried that and it, and she chose to send it down like this, but Oh man, it's just, it's bad. Yeah. And to hear that 
Sergio, somebody else earlier in the season put something on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was a very unfortunate look. I mean, it was clear that this really reflects so many different changes of ideas and not mm -hmm. enough time to execute, not using the time to execute wisely. So many decisions not, um, not considered. Yeah, you're right. Because if she had set out from the very beginning to do that print on the outside, I think that was a really great move. She had, you know, two extra days and more satin than this could have yeah. been like this, you know, kind of like loungy smoker kind of yeah. deal. Yeah. It would have been really great. And then something besides this white button down with this unfortunate um, shirt underneath. So... But you know what? But maybe this jacket is made for someone like our Nayland. You know, there's plenty mm -hmm. of space for the beard to be. <laughs> An innovation and, for Nayland's beard. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if it's a smoker jacket, you know, we know our Nayland likes a pipe from time to time, like a smoking pipe. Yeah. So, I don't know what they're called. Those tobacco pipes, those fancy tobacco pipes. I know. I just, yeah, I just call them like, like a, I think fancy pipe is a good way of, fancy of calling pipe. that thing. Yeah. <laughs> a fancy pipe. Yeah. Because then it's like, um, then you wouldn't need a button down shirt. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because there's ample room from the um, blazer mm -hmm. lapel to just let things be. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That'd be great. Hilarious. <laughs> All right, so next we have Sergio. We do. <sighs> um, I think his model's name was Severine. It's so interesting. Um, all right. I didn't think this was great. And also, I was so... Okay, you can't see this on the cheat sheet, of course, because she's walking down um, front first. When the model comes on the runway, she immediately turns around so you can see the back because yeah. there really isn't much going on up front, which is also what is a, a kind of frustrating about this whole outfit. It's that he really did focus on the back, which is kind of idiotic. Like it looks like a literal interpret. It, it, it looks like he literally turned the tuxedo around and um, I get how that is a thing, but what I don't like about this um, and what takes away from how uh, how interesting it what am I saying like it's not interesting it's just well made that's it I'm yelling it's, it's kind of I mean this looks to me I don't know I don't know how simple this is to make or how difficult this is to make it doesn't seem that overly uncomplicated given that there are two slits in the front that make the model move and actually walk mm -hmm. with a significant degree of necessary ease, you know? Um, but I was not at all impressed. No, I not mean, just yeah. By the idea, not by the look, not by the execution. It's sort of like, well, yeah, you know, that's what I expect from the show. Right. So I'm not really expressed, I mean, overly impressed at all. Yeah. I mean, it, it's even less impressive because, yeah, you're right. It's like you made a, a backwards dress, you know, not even like a full dress. It, it, ugh, I don't know. It, 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 doesn't, 
doesn't even look like a dress to me. It looks like a coat. It looks like you're wearing a coat backwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wearing a coat backwards. Really wonderful trims. I think, man, you know, I just, I just wish. So this is, uh, you know, the fabrication is great. I just kind of wish that other designers would take advantage of um, the fabrics and mood a little bit better. Like Delvin and Nancy, it's where people that I, I want to root for more to use fabrication in a better way and that's another thing that i can say about this i you know not looking for compliments because sergio's on my bracket um <laughs> but it's just that um from behind what you can't see on the cheat sheet like i think that's one of my pet peeves about this like on the runway the the camera it looks so good on television because the camera follows her from behind because there's nothing happening in the front and yeah. um, it's it's just unfortunate, but it moves well. It's structured beautifully, and the um, you know the 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 lining and the lapels, the buttons are beautiful. It looks very luxurious. It's gorgeous. The fabric is is wonderful. It's great. The bow tie that Veronica made works really well backwards, and that's it. Yeah. And yes, the fabric is gorgeous, but I don't think the fit is super great because I don't like those droopy shoulders. No, I don't like the. I, yeah, I don't like them either. I just think that that's exactly how, you know, um, in I, a literal interpretation of a backwards thing would look. You know, mm -hmm. like if you had a, a coat. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, if yeah. he had it, he made it fit the way it looks like someone actually took their pea coat or their their uh, their their white tail coat and turned it backwards with um shoulder pads and all and so it kind of looks halfway decent from the front it's fitting her body um you know that's a missed opportunity like it could be something interesting from that silhouette if you use these shoulder pads in a in a way that kind of makes you look a little bit of a line like a linebacker <laughs> you know do yeah. something you have an opportunity to do that because if you are turning it backwards we're not especially with crisscross like we're not expecting those jerseys to look like you're not wearing something backwards that's what's so cool about it it's like you look like you're like fuck it i'm gonna take my jersey and turn it backwards i'm gonna take my overalls and turn them around that's what we all that was what was so so fun about it it's like great make it look like it's turned backwards but then do something with it yeah anyway yeah um, well, <laughs> all right yeah. um Ready? Next for Marquise? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am ready for Marquise. All right. They saved Marquise for last. And uh, what did you think about this? I loved it. But what did you think? Okay. So at first I was a little disappointed because it felt too much like something that we've seen before. And it also felt a little bit like like a lesser version of the Billy Porter um, of the Billy Porter moments that we've had on the runway. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, that jacket is amazing. And again, you know, you know me, I, uh, you know, Marquise keeps making these tops that kind of worry me, but it was so well done. And yes. <laughs> I thought again, like this is how you do it, Nancy if you want this like billowiness and this 
this amazing drama of this wraparoundness, sometimes you have to go for something that's a little bit more flowy, a little bit more luxurious. You know, he does look like kind of like a really cool dressed up bullfighter from a from behind, you know, yeah. but, but he has like those wonderful, like epaulette details on his shoulders. Like there's a, there's more going on here that makes it so cool and very Marquise and takes it out of it. This could be something that would be in Billy Porter's wheelhouse or, um, and it looks like, like what we've been seeing from Marquise's portfolio. And yes. that's what I've been wanting to see on the runways, like this ballroom, like this, like this aesthetic that you are so that looks so great in your portfolio, like, and also it looks great on you. Bring it onto the runway, so it's like we have another repeat. We have this shirt again, and this, and this silhouette. Um, but it was so good. It was so well done. But it's so wonderful. And I agree with you. I I totally thought that was the coolest matador jacket I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. You know, and by the way, Sonia Riquel has done some really nice ones. Um, who? <laughs> so, oh, Sonia Riquel, S O N I A R Y K E L. She, um, a French designer, passed away recently, like in the last uh, five or six years. Um, but anyway, um, I'm looking her up right now. Keep I'm, going. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of just saying what I like. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, but basically, I thought I don't think this is like the Billy Porter because this is not a gown, and the Billy mm. Porter was very much a new take on a gown. Yeah, but I think that this is the last look, right? Yeah, it's the last one. Okay, so then I'm I'm ready for my own statement, which is I think this is the only, or possibly one of two, no, one of two looks that actually did the challenge. I don't think the majority of looks on this runway actually fit the challenge. Hmm at all because the tuxedo dress is its own thing yeah but if you're working with a tuxedo i don't know i don't want to be strict about it but i also think making a tuxedo dress that already is its own um for lack of a better word genre Mm -hmm. you're supposed to make a tuxedo so in a way that makes me like Nancy a little bit more mm-hmm. because at least it was working with a specific silhouette and um, being thinking about changing. Well, I don't think Nancy was thinking about changing the tuxedo silhouette because Nancy has done that silhouette before, mm-hmm. but at least it was a, a more interesting application than just making a dress. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm looking at the cheat sheet too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, Okay, so maybe Delvin, but that that's just a suit. That's not a tuxedo. Yeah. And again, having the whole thing, having the criteria, you have to use satin, and that's what makes it a tuxedo, not enough. Because um, I think Jeffrey, Nancy, and Marquise were the only ones that actually fit the criteria of the challenge. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't think that's what Victoria point. did was at all the challenge. That mm-hmm. is... A suit dress. I... That is not a tuxedo. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I hate to sound so classic. Like I have to defend tuxedos or something. <laughs> I really don't. I don't really care. I've never worn one. I don't I don't own one. I've never rented one. Don't care about them. I hate bow ties. But that was the premise of the challenge. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in thinking of this, like looking back at Britney's, this looks like an exercise. It, it, you know, she admits it's her first go at menswear. And we have someone like Marquise who is who has been begging for a menswear challenge. Yeah. And this is the first time I think that he's really been able to go full force into what he does. And, um, and so working within this, I mean, I would say like the other person who, I mean, I, I like Marquise and Jeffrey were my two favorites. Me too. Um, I, I just think the, the, the details that the, that they both use, um, are just on top of just wonderful craftsmanship and gosh, you know, it's hard to make these types of like a tuxedo suit look interesting. And I think what, with what Victoria did was kind of a cop out and she's like, I don't want to be cliche. I want to do a gown. I'm like, well, that actually is kind of an easy way out because, you know, it just really is kind of difficult to, um, to mess around in something that is so classic and so formal and traditional uh, within the red carpet genre, which is in and of itself kind of conservative. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, no. And also it was just a wonderful moment on the runway because it just looked so fun to look at and, and great to wear. And also like fit that man's body really well. Um, I think in anyone else's hands, it probably would have been difficult because of his proportions up top. But I think, I feel like Marquise really did design around his silhouette um, yeah. in that pleating. Yeah. Like it really accentuated his type of built. So, and, and that's something where Brittany failed. I think that um, Marquise's model and Brittany's, Brittany's model have very similar kind of, they probably do the same routine of exercises at the upper body machine lots of push-ups <laughs> oh, oh oh that's what it is okay um so they probably are like in line for the same machines <laughs> at the gyms that they they carry you know and you look at the construction of britney's and i know it was the first time doing menswear but i mean i don't know i part of me my ignorance brings me to a question which is well don't you just have to fit whoever it is that you're making that's like that's like saying oh i can only you know fit thin girls or something mm -hmm. no like you're what you make is supposed to fit who's wearing it no matter what so i kind of don't understand why i think britney's look looks terrible because of lack of decision making changing mind a lot having a lot of insecurity all very valid yeah um but when but for it to fit so poorly for me it's a reason it's a lack of time it's not oh i've never done menswear because mm. Britney can make things fit. Yeah, you're right. So, so all of hmm. that. Okay. No, I, I, I see. I, I totally agree. All right. Okay. Well, let's get into um, this judging section. And, oh, let me click back yeah. onto my notes here. I have to just find them because I went all over the place. I looked up Sonia Riquel and I've looked oh, up. Did. Yeah, I just have her up there. Okay. All right. So, okay. So we're done with the, you know, keep up the cheat sheet, but we're, we're going to move on to the, what the judges have to say. And um, another twist, no one is safe. So they want to speak with every one of the designers. They all go onto the, onto the, um, the runway to talk to them. 
And so we can we can go through all of them. We can start with Jeffrey, who essentially was like, I just made what I want to wear and tried not to overdesign. And he's, you know, communicating to the, the judges that he is listening and, and absorbing their feedback. Um, but also, I just, you know, thought he was so gracious in pointing out Melanie's help with this because it is so well made. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I, but I want to point out the start of my conspiracy theory because Nina calls out the bow tie. And then we get a whole rundown of this fucking bow tie. And I thought, okay, all right. I think this, because to me it was a red flag because they were like, okay, Jeffrey is not supposed to win this episode. That's just what I thought. All right. So, okay, Patricia, we've talked about this. You don't watch Unreal. Yeah. What, what, say it again? What were you going to say? No, I was going to say something, but then I think it was a spoiler. So I re- I retracted my, oh, okay. my, my um, will. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> I retracted my will to speak. <laughs> no, because I, I have, and I've told you about this and I wanted to wait until you, so you saw the episode before I talked oh. about this theory of mine, because yes. them going off about that bow tie was very disturbing to me. There was nothing wrong with this outfit. You nothing. choose to harp on the bow tie. Listen, I thought that was also super curious. Even after our conversation, I was like, are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Like the, the thing you can remove and make it better? Yeah. That takes seconds to remove alters nothing to the existing integrity of the construction. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Nina's like, you know, the bow tie. I mean, just it's just it's just a little too big i just i would like for another like a different type of bow tie maybe something more slender i was like that makes no sense but then it opened up the door because brandon goes yeah it felt a little like can you get a guy a margarita and i'm like what (laughs) is happening where am i what show is this why are we harping on the least important part of this outfit but also the most traditional thing that he has up there. I'm like, who cares? He made a jumpsuit. You know, I know. That was the moment where I thought, oh, my God, the rest of us are watching Project Runway. But the judges thinks, think they are on below deck. You know? I know. <laughs> but I thought, OK, so I brought up the, the show Unreal with you. You've never seen a show, but I know Nalen has. So, Nalen, if you're listening, um, this made me think. Is are there producers in the background or are these judges in the background with a wall of the plot line already made out and that this was supposed to be the episode that Jeffrey went home and he just happened to make a really great outfit and he can't they can't eliminate him, but they're going to set it up because Jeffrey cannot win this episode. It felt very produced, the responses. Hmm. That is heartbreaking to hear. I know. You know what? Yeah. What else is the justification? That's why I'm coming out with that because it made no sense. Because also, I'm skipping over Delvin. We go to Victoria. We'll we'll go back to Delvin, but we go to Victoria, and I couldn't believe that they really liked this outfit, and said nothing about the construction, said nothing about the fit, and I was like, I I mean, are 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 you kidding me? They're like, oh my god! Like, who helped you? She's like, Alan helped me. He's like, I'm so missing Alan's shoe game. Oh my god! But yeah, uh, that's that's like the most sophisticated thing that Jeffrey has sent down the runway. And he listened. I'm like, can we just like acknowledge 
how great this is and the, the I, you know, I, it, it was such a, it was such a head turner. I was like, okay, it was such a sharp turn that I, I, I just, my spidey senses are up and I don't like it. I think Jeffrey needed a little bit more, more acc- accolades on that. So. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, and in relationship to Delvin's, I'm like, oh my God. Do you remember what they said about Delvin? Um, I mean, it. Brandon said it looked like a leprechaun in a corset. Mm, yeah, but I actually agreed with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't the, quite the leprechaun green. You know, leprechaun is supposed to be good luck. Yeah, and it's very. It's a Kelly like, green. Ooh, spring! You know that kind of thing. So this yeah. is too much, much of a fall green, but uh, more forest than Kelly. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I also, eh, I, I, Delvin was so excited about this smiling from ear to ear. Um, I don't think I've ever seen him smile so much since the Ashley Longshore episode, but Nina kind of clued, you know, Nina calls out the fabric saying that it looks very day. So I kind of, kind of get it but um in my notes i wrote the most the most significant thing that happened during this was that sergio is spotted whispering to nancy karma karma nancy nancy oh so he's not actually whispering he's kind of like yelling with an earshot yeah yeah because they're going in on his tuxedo or they're going in on 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 Delvin's tuxedo, and then Sergio's like, "Oh my God, Nancy, look over there! It's Karma!" And it's like, Sergio, calm down, because just wait your turn. You're up next. I mean, ugh, whatever. What what did you think about this? Were you were you shocked I mean, a little bit about their comments? I was I was sort of like, okay, for Nina to comment on the fact that this seems like it's for day, people wear tuxedo. I mean, con film festival is filled with people wearing tuxedos during the day. In fact, that's their dress code. Good point. Oh, wait, you know what? Let me just make... Uh, I guess that's not in the U.S. I, I just don't know of anything else that she... <laughs> like, no, I mean, I, the the, um, the Independent Spirit Awards are also during the day. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, so people wear tuxedos during the day for work all the time, even if they are not performers. Yeah. Right? So for me to be the worst thing you can say about this outfit is seriously like what is going on? Because there's a there's a lot going on here, starting with um, repetition, continuity, fit, choice, taste. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, uh, you know, calling out the Oscar red carpet. It, I think the <laughs> the red carpet starts at three thirty. <laughs> Or something ridiculous like that, but um, but still, it is it is an evening event. I think the Spirit Award is actually like a like a lunchtime thing. Whoops. Um, hopefully I'm right about that. But but either way, I I take your point. I think, you know, but, they didn't specify well, this was an evening event. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. It's like what the heck? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. Um, it's like they make up. They make up uh, rules along the way because, you know, I'm going to skip over over to Nancy because of this, because it's like 
Nancy's, you know, they're calling out her wobbly lapel and Tom Brown calls it safe. And then Elaine is like, um, Miley's favorite thing is those pants because we've seen those pants. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you've seen half of the shit you've, are, I mean, okay. Up now. Exactly. <laughs> like, look at what Victoria made. Look what she made this week, last week, week before last, week before that. And I'm like, how are you? I'm so confused. Why are you calling out Nancy for making pants that you've seen before and also have praised in the past? Mm. It's confusing. It was just weird. And it felt not disingenuous, but just random. And I don't like that because Elaine's not random. And so that's why I'm like, is this produced? What are, what is happening? What, what are, what is supposed to happen? Um, Okay. Let's go back because we miss Marquise. I'm just sort of, or or Victoria or Delvin. I can't remember where I'm just oh, going all over Victoria, the place. Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Victoria, Victoria's after Delvin. Yeah, yeah. Victoria's after Delvin. I mean, yeah. Just my thoughts were just I can't believe they like it. I thought it yeah. fit vision so terribly. So. I, I agree. Um, but we have a moment but, with. But, Nina was all about it. Oh, her sexuality, her femininity. I love it. Everything is great. Oh. And this like super tacky, to, you know, like rhinestone encrusted. What do you call that? A garter belt. A garter belt. Yeah. So why was that necessary? I mean, what, what about tuxedo detail is that? I mean, if anything, it's, it's, it is kind of, she could do like a like a cliche take on a femme fatale or whatever and like that garter belt is a holster because that's what it is in those bond movies yeah that wasn't the challenge it was a tuxedo challenge yeah yeah so that's why i'm like okay why are we not analyzing that through the original criteria yeah yeah i mean Mm. i think it was enough because she used enough satin and it kind of vaguely look like a tuxedo up top and it's like okay you do these it's an aesthetic choice but I agree I I I would be less concerned with the choices Victoria made if the judges would actually notice or would actually say something about the actual garment like the fit so anyway yeah um but then we go to Marquise. Good news is we have Marquise next. <laughs> I know. So they start off objectifying this model. And in my notes, I'm like, leave him alone. <laughs> Let him have his barrel chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but same thing where where Marquise is, you know, points out to how Shavi was a wonderful help um, to help um, pull this off um, and then Tom Brown ugh, again he's like yeah I, I love this I think this is great and I love male cleavage <laughs> I aka know, the ankle <laughs> that was great that I loved that because I was like oh thank you for shifting, I know shifting things around a bit <laughs> but in, in, I'm like okay yeah well, it's like we're, we have sexualized this man from head to literal toes, like even his ankles. I know. Um, but yeah, I, I, but I also loved his critique about the skirt. That he's like, yeah, you know, with the skirt, I would have pleated it. And I, 
I was like, Tom Brown said that, right? Yeah, Tom Brown said that. Yeah. Well, that's because Tom Tom Brown has actually done that. Tom Brown had a collection several years ago. In fact, has had more than one, where Tom Brown makes suits with kilts. Oh. Same fabric, so the the jacket or blazer. Um, I don't know if there's even a difference, but the top and the kilt are the same fabric, and they look stunning, oh, beautiful. So interesting. Tom Brown has also done other pleated pants and all kinds of things. So of course, Tom Brown's going to say that because Tom Brown has done that. Oh <laughs> it gosh, biased towards that. I but know. hey, if that's the worst critique that this look received, it it's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of fascinating. I mean, also, you know, check yourself, Tom Brown. Like, would <laughs> anyway, but um, I, you know, because I, I had a thought, <laughs> what would that skirt look like if it kind of continued on what was happening in the jacket? And I think if he exaggerated it, that would be really amazing to see um, just what it would look like and how it would flow. And if he would be able to kind of structure that into something that still had that feel of like, I love I love the bullfighter feel. So I do too, and I, I can see so many celebrities wearing that. Yes, Can't you? like Ugh. so good, so good, so fun to wear. Um. All right. N- next we have Brittany, mm-hmm. and she starts off with her excuses of never done never have done a male garment, wanting to push herself and 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 challenge herself uh, moving forward. And they're all shocked that it's her outfit yeah. and even Brandon admits like I saw you look so distressed when this was coming down the runway and I was like oh Brittany is reacting as if that's hers that can't be hers and I really do think that they were they were genuinely shocked that they had scored her garment so low um yeah any any thoughts on this I mean yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with the judges. I, I, I don't. I mean, I can, but I don't. Yeah, same. Nothing more to be said about how bad that was, and yeah. she knows it too. Like that's the and that's the thing that that Tom Brown points out, like how heartbreaking that is when you know that yes. you've done terribly, and there's you just know you know you could do better. Yeah, and I respect Brittany and even Marquise. The first time that Marquise was sent home, yeah. Um, they both sit there and, and kind of just say, yes, I agree. Yep. It's not my best. You yep. know, they, yeah. they accept it, you know, and find a way to move forward. Take notes, Victoria. Exactly. You know, but she won't. <laughs> yeah. She won't take notes. Um, and, and someone else who will never take notes, uh, is my dear Sergio. Oh, right, right. <sighs> Who goes on to a spiel? Um, oh, yes. I did write any of this down. Oh, because it makes me lightheaded just to think about it. Like, I just, you know, uh, my blood goes all over my body. And so, um, anyway, so he tries to explain conceptually what's going on with his garment and is like, well, you know, and clarifies since um, that we, our society has been going backwards with our current administration. He uses the word current. So he's calling out mm-hmm. the current administration um, 
uh, gives the the MAGA slogan and he goes like, yeah, you know, like in my opinion, like America was great um, back maybe in the 50s. And I'm like, I think that means that you agree with the current administration. Right? (laughs) That's not compute. It doesn't compute. But then he goes on, digs himself a deeper hole and like, and here is some factual information about the 50s. Like, you could afford an uh, entire car, and then you could have, like, two and a half ch- to three children. And then, you know, the women were in the kitchen where they belong. That is what I <laughs> believe. And that is against what this current administration believes. And there we go. You're welcome. And like everyone is so uncomfortable. And oh my God. Like, okay. Elaine saves us all because she's clearly bothered. And it's like, listen, like if you're going to make a statement with fashion, you better make sure that your look is airtight and that your message is also airtight because this guy does not have the intellectual heft. And she has to point out and like, okay, let me, Let me give you some stats about the 50s. Listen, this is not a good time for people of color and for women. Let's talk about the fashion. And I like that it was just like short and sweet. Just move on. Because, again, um, we have to we had to work through uh, Victoria and her tears and kind of work through this really awkward situation. We have to work through another Sergio's awkward situations that he's put the judges in um, where he's trying to make these really, really pointed quote unquote political statements. And it's like, no, we, we actually just want to talk about the fashion here. Yeah. I was like, thank you, Elaine. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Elaine, that you had to be the one to say that what Sergio said was offensive. I know. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah. And then, Nina talks about Celine Dion wearing a John Galliano <laughs> Dior outfit that was a backwards tuxedo mm-hmm. in cream. Sergio has no idea. No idea at all. I mean, it's and she goes like she's like you've seen that, right? And she just kind of automatically expects him. She's like I can't imagine that you are in fashion and that you yeah. don't know this outfit. You know, I, I, I wouldn't want him to pretend that he knew about it. I think it's totally fine that he was like, I, I didn't know about that. But at the same time, be a little humble about it and go, oh, no, I didn't know about that. Um, I, yes, it's something that I should have known. And now I, I see I, I get it. I thought this was new. It clearly is not. No, instead, Sergio says, John, well, John Galliano's a genius. As if he actually well, knows what John Galliano makes. Because I'm, I just started doubting everything. I'm like, do you even know the period of time that Galliano designed for Dior? Do you even know? You could just say, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, and, you know, I don't know. There's it's just there's so much wrapped up in this whole moment of of ignorance. And, you know, and, and Galliano has had his moment as well with blatant ignorance, as you know, in, in fashion. 
and you know it, yeah it's it's just like the, a lot was happening in this moment that just there wasn't enough time and also project runway is not the place <laughs> to be having these conversations unfortunately um because they're important and i think at the same time it's it's great to have for sergio a teachable moment of just just not necessarily being confronted with his um, very, very limited perspective of American history, but just like, what's it like to be caught not knowing something very important? Um, and then how do you, how do you approach that? How do you absorb it? And then how do you communicate that it's something that has, is edifying in any way possible? But I don't think Sergio is um, capable of that. Not, no, no, not yet. No. So the show is not really the show is just going to also pivot around all these faux pas. Mm hmm. Yeah. So there's two. No, we don't have three hours for the show. We just don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the show doesn't have it, but the podcast does. We do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So that's, that's all the designers and they, the, they send them back to the waiting room while they deliberate. And oh, I just want to point out this moment where they name the top two and for the judges, it's between Marquise and Victoria and not Jeffrey or Sergio. <laughs> Because Sergio was actually in the top. But not Jeffrey. I was like, what? I know. I was like, Victoria, what? How is this possible? What's happening? Again, Spidey senses went up. And I was like, dun, dun, dun. I think something unreal is happening. It makes no sense. Um, But what does make sense is that Sergio's getting clowned backstage for not knowing about the Celine Dion look. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I was in middle school. And I was like, well, were you born in the 50s? Then how do you know about the 1950s if you weren't born then? Yeah. <laughs> it's like so many things. Anyway. Um, uh, but yeah, so we have Victoria and Marquise in the top two. And then for the bottom, they, they kind of um, let Delvin go. They're like, oh, at, at least it was kind of well made um and then so did you how how do you feel about that incomprehensible to me that <laughs> just yeah go on <laughs> uh, i mean yeah see i don't know so Brittany and nancy are the lowest scoring um designers and um to me, it's kind of clear that Elaine and Carly were gunning for Nancy, though. I, I just kind of got the yeah, feeling there. Yeah. Um, but but finally, it's time to decide. And Patricia, yes? who is this week's winner? It's Marquise. <gasps> Yay! I was shocked. Even though Marquise's outfit is clearly better than Veronica, I mean, sorry, Victoria, what? Victoria from Moldova. Mm -hmm. I was still, I, I actually was prepared for her to win. 
I was hoping Jeffrey would win. So I was like, no, no, Victoria can't win. No, no. I mean, but between Marquise and Jeffrey, I would have been happy, happy same. if one of those two won. Same with either one. I, it, yeah. Same. I think it was, it was, it was between, in my eyes, Marquise and, and Jeffrey. All right. Um, and Patricia. Yes. Who goes Who's home? going home? Do you want the um, linear answer or yeah. the result? Well, linear. I mean, because someone's got to go, right? Yeah. So Brittany has chosen to go. Yeah. All right. That's it. So we're okay. done. Did Listeners, start, okay. thanks so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think that to choose Brittany over um, Delvin? I don't know. I mean, yes, technically, mm-hmm. Brittany's was the worst on the runway. Oh. Brittany won a challenge last week. Yeah. Yeah. Or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Has Delvin won a challenge? I don't think so. But I think, I think that Brittany, to me, Brittany was the clear worst garment on that runway. Without and a doubt. If it were between Brittany and Nancy, then definitely Brittany. I don't think Nancy oh. deserved to go home for that outfit. And, and, I, and then again, like I, I think the bottom, the, the, the two worst to me, I think was Delvin and Brittany. Yeah, me too. Not Nancy. But, but we have seen that Brittany can do things. And has won, I think, two challenges. I think so. Delvin has not won a single one. And consistently demonstrates complete lack of judgment and skill. So, yeah. Well, there's that. I mean, that's that's to us. I I honestly, I feel like the judges are off the rails. I have no clue. But um, I do have to say, at, at least for the person going home, I did agree with that, even though it was harsh. Um, so Patricia, that is it. We are at the end of our episode. Are we? <laughs> Listeners, thanks so wait, what? There's but something else happened. There's wait. there's a twist. There's uh-huh. a plot there's a big plot twist. Ernest, why twist. don't you tell me what the plot twist is? It's a serial <laughs> save. Christian comes out and is like, Hey Brittany. Oh my God. Like I've really enjoyed having you here and I know that you've endured a lot of my looks and my questions that are rhetorical in nature, but it looks like you'll have to endure a little bit more. And she gets up and what she does. So Christian is saving Brittany. Yeah. Brittany takes off running across the room into the arms of Jess, her partner. And my first thought was like, um, <laughs> I think she just ran into Jess. I think she would have just like run straight across a parking lot. If the doors were open, she probably would have like bolted through or just like there'd be a Brittany, Brittany like uh, shaped hole in a, in a wall. If she could have gone through there <laughs> because like, she runs away from Christian. She eventually gets back and like hugs him and you know all this stuff. But um, I, I wasn't sure. I was again 
prepared for her to go home because I was I just believe that Christian was not ever going to use his save this season. Yeah. But we're, how, how did you feel about this? Well, part of me was, was sort of like, okay, so now that Christian has used it, Christian cannot use it again. Right. So I was kind of thinking, I hope that Christian doesn't use this on like top three. Oh. That's, that's oh, yeah. Okay. Right. And I don't think that has ever happened. But um, who knows with this show? I mean, you know. So I was sort of like glad for that to be off the table. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, I, I, yeah, that now that means that can't be used on Victoria. So I'm glad. <laughs> I know it's like Nina can't strong arm Christian into like save her, save her, Christian, <laughs> and so we could be rid of her next week. You know that's a possibility, but we won't because Nina loves her. Yeah, Nina loves her very much, and I will say that. Tim Gunn has saved someone for Fashion Week. Really? Yeah. It oh, I, in my in my head, I can't remember who it is, but we did leave with three, and then we came back with four collections. That has happened, and I remember when it happened. Wow. I was very happy about it, and I don't remember. Whoops! I'll look back. But any listeners, if you know. Then, uh, then, then write in and remind us. But I'm pretty sure, and it was someone who was, who really, really deserved it. But it was, it was kind of an extreme. Uh, it was an ext- it was an extreme move, and I, I agree. Like I, I feel like with this group, no one really. I think Brittany was like the last person. Maybe Jeffrey. I would say Brittany and Jeffrey are the last people that I re- really want him to use a save on because he couldn't use a save on my Chelsea. She's the only person that I would have used a save on. Um, well, I was, I, I was like, okay, maybe Mar- Marquise will be saved in yeah. the future. Yes, yeah. But um, do I think Brittany is worth saving? Sure, sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but this is the thing. I have to say, Brittany is on Nalen's bracket. Nalen's <laughs> bracket, for some reason is fortified it is <laughs> it is impervious to any of these eliminations and i don't know how to feel about that i don't know how to feel about it but i don't feel great because my bracket is limping along all i have is sergio and seriously marquise is back britney's been saved it's a golden bracket <laughs> man <laughs> <laughs> Golden bracket. Chose so wrong this season. Oh, all right. Um, okay. Now we're actually at the end of this episode, for real. Yes. Anything else, Patricia? No, that's it. I think we've we've covered it. All right. And so, do you have anything to share with our listeners? And also, can you remind them how to find you? Nothing to share this week, but I can be found on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle, which is Sense and Sight, like um, Common Sense and Optical Sight. <laughs> so that's S E N S E A N D S I G H T. And Ernest, I know you're also on the social mediums. I am on the social mediums. And you can find me <laughs> <laughs> on everything at Ernest, H E R. 
N-E-A-S-E, and I'm on my website, ErnezDavis.com. And I'm, again, it's still on view. The Joan Mitchell Foundation's Early Art Practitioners Program exhibition is up. In the absence of dot, dot, dot is the title. And uh, the link to that information is in the show notes. It's still up. It'll be up until February 28th. And also there's going to be a closing reception on February 27th. I'm pretty sure it starts around six like other art events. But uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll be there for that. And so it'll be on view that evening. If anyone's in New York and is curious, please show up. I'm very proud of them. Wonderful work on view. Excellent. Excellent. Right. And we're proud of you for doing that. Ah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> They're just wonderful, wonderful artists. It's, it's a, oh, I love them very much. Anyway. Okay. All right. So that's, I think that's it for us. And listeners, again, thank you as always. Um, thank you so much for your comments and for um, sending us your notes. Please keep sending in your letters to our Gmail account and keep posting and commenting on our Facebook page and on our Instagram account. Um, it's been really fun to, to read everything from y'all. All right. So until next week, I guess we'll both say goodbye. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye.